Hey everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Husmere from Hus from us here at Mailfuzz TV. Um Animal Husbandry Weekly featuring Peter. He's gonna tell you about sheep. <laughs> we we got through a whole sentence this time. Huzz, us. Us here at Mailed Fuzz. I'm trying to make it right. Okay, so we we talk about DC Comics and other such like This is episode 168 of this this here fabled long running show. Which... Dilapidated ship that's just barely cruising along because oh, we have just yeah. enough just enough uh, fabric left in the sails. Is that is that a reference to the fact that there seems to be very few books each week this month? Because it's like, oh, just, the well, sales well, are made up of the pages. I was just going off a pirate ship theme. Comics from the Multiverse, the Flying Dutchman of podcast. I got plenty of steam, plenty of wind. Certainly, I'll be farting a storm throughout this episode. Hey, um, hey Connor. Yeah, yeah. There's always the mutiny option. I'm down. Pete's the captain that doesn't realize like we're gonna have to resort to cannibalism. Hey Matt, Matt, what? are you excited for that new uh, new Obi Wan Kenobi show? I am. Is it official? Official, or is it still just a rumor? It's it's as official as it can get without a, without an actual statement from Disney. You know, you know, all the the big guys are reported on it as if it's fact. I I suspect we'll hear something about it at D twenty three next week. Yeah. I don't need you guys to mute any. I'm going to shoot you anyway. Um, yeah. Uh. <laughs> now if we get the guns first pete <laughs> so, so, i think you misunderstand how a mutiny works we're overthrowing <laughs> your power <laughs> uh. i'm going to preemptively sneak out your cabins in the middle of the night and garrote you with piano wire all right because there's a piano on the ship i just decided that right there and then um, yeah, that's so... why we're mutinying <laughs> <laughs> So Pete's like Captain Hook that maintains an organ on the ship despite only having one hand. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we need this? He can't even play it. I can knock out at least half of the Halloween theme with one hand. Thank you very much. I'll I'll do that. Uh, He's got his other foot up there trying to play with his toes. We talk about DC Comics on this show eventually. Uh, Coming up on this week's show, we have got Event Leviathan issue 3, we got Wonder Woman 76, The Flash 76, Batman and the Outsiders number 4, Hawkman 15, and Batman Universe issue 2. And you're thinking to yourself, but wait, it's week 2. Where's Superman and Supergirl? Well, there was news of them being recalled. Uh, Well, not even recalled, just please, stores, can you destroy your copies and we're going to send you out new ones in a couple of weeks. Uh, so they got pushed effectively from, from our perspective they're just delayed but and for the record I could not acquire one and I tried uh, they so... were popping up on eBay a little bit for extremely yeah. high prices because yeah. essentially they just became collectors it was because they were told to be destroyed so now they're valuable <laughs> yep and my shop owner said don't even think about going to the dumpster because I will be waiting <laughs> <laughs> what the risk uh, he had a bouncer for the day, just a big baseball yeah. bat, just waiting for Matt, just in case Matt tries to go dumpster diving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dear. Um, but yes, uh, odd week, that, or odd week, odd month this month, actually. The, the, the weeks have been very quiet due to delays and whatever else that's been happening. Uh, obviously, some new things are starting next month, and especially in October, but uh, August has been an oddly laid back. It's been quiet. Like, this is week two. It's quite obviously next week's quiet because it's a week three, but week four isn't insane. No, week four is still kind of normal. It's just, you know, seven, eight books. So it, if, it. It'll probably feel bigger in comparison to <laughs> weeks last, one, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, 
Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's been, it's been, kind, of, been kind of a weird month. But hey, uh, which is for the record, before we get any further, let me just make it clear. Uh, we have like three, maybe four books in total next week, not inc- including Patreon picks. So we will be wanting questions next week. Uh, so by all means, uh, send them to the Twitter at DC Comics Podcast or send longer questions to the email, which is mftvquestions at gmail.com. That's mftvquestions at gmail.com. And just uh, put in the subject header comics from the multiverse so we know what's for this show. And... Uh, yeah, ask your questions. You can ask big long ones. You can just send us a nice letter to saying how great we are. I'll read that in the show. Um, happily. Especially if you say how great me and Matt are, but say how, how bad Connor is. I'll especially read one of those. Yeah, I bet you will. Oh, I will. That definitely means we're getting the opposite now. <laughs> I don't think so. I I, I think someone will, will uh, fulfill, fulfill I, that. I don't think Pete understands how people feel when you tell them to do something. I think you're underestimating how people feel about you. Um, oh, I'm not underestimating anything. I, uh, no. Actually, I was speaking to uh, David on one of the live streams this week, um, and I was mentioning that the other Patreon picks are coming to an end this month, and he just responded with, Red Hood is eternal. <laughs> what a day. Uh... And you've got an annual coming up in a couple of months that even he didn't like, and he likes oh. all the Red Hood stuff, so... You you are in for a treat. A great bag. Fred Hoodie's eternal. That is a threat or something you come across in a satanic it's movie. It's a terrifying t-shirt is what it is. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, why is that a request for a t-shirt? Yeah, Carl should walk around uh, conventions wearing a t-shirt just saying Red Hood is eternal. You would have to no. pay me to wear that. <laughs> no, still, no, the shirt is that Connor guy is terrible. The worst, I believe. The the, 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 the worst. That's yeah, what it was. The the iTunes yeah. or Apple Podcast review for one of our other shows was that Connor guy is the worst. I, I would like to make a correction. It was the Connor guy, not that. The Connor guy. Because it was that was even weirder of a, as, a, as a sentence. Okay, the Connor guy is the worst. I mean, it's a sentiment yeah. we can all get behind. It's a sentiment we can all enjoy. I, I, hey, I feel. I I have said quite happily. I'll wear that T-shirt. You don't need to pay me for that one. <laughs> I'd happily wear that. Not wearing that Red Hood one, though. That can piss off and burn in hell. Red Hood is eternal. Red Hood is eternal, and Rick Grayson is the best type of dick. That's that's the, that's what's on the back. Oh, no. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> you really don't want that. Connor, what are you drinking? It's a knockoff Red Bull. Okay. Thought, thought it might be something good. No. 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 Surely not. I'm just I'm just drinking water for the record. Nothing fancy. <laughs> I have a coffee and in my um, Dark Phoenix did so bad at my local movie theater that the uh, they've been offering like a bucket and cup combo that's like outrageously priced. Um, <laughs> but they ordered I guess entirely too many cups. So if you got a large drink, they were just giving you the cup for free. <laughs> so I got a very large water. I think I got dehydrated. Over the course from Thursday to Friday, so I gotta make sure I drink my water. Yeah, so it was good. I, uh, you know, Dark Phoenix did so bad that Disney are basically. It's. I mean, they're not dead, done this yet, but it's the way they're talking about it. It sounds like they're going to use this as an excuse just to shut down Fox entirely, and they always knew it was going to do bad because the build up right. was horrendous for it. But the way they're talking about yeah. it now is that they just don't want to deal with Fox anymore. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll just shut down all their productions. Because they officially cancelled like 300 projects in the last week. Yeah. Which most of them we probably wouldn't have heard of anyways. 
Yeah. But, um, and I do like to point out, it's not like Fox was doing great uh, when, I mean, that was kind of the, the premise of the sale in the first place. So yeah, no, that's just no, It's just sad because it's one less place making movies, yeah. and, and and Disney saying we you know we don't feel comfortable about Jojo Rabbit when Disney aren't making anything like that. You know, it's just no. for the sake, for the sake of more variety. Well, it's just a shame that as of right now, Disney's not making anything that's not a remake. So I'm talking about the actual studios, like Pixar and Marvel are doing things, Marvel Studios, but no, but even Disney you... itself, I can't think of the last original thing they've done. Yeah, but even if you include those, though, Disney's output is basically Marvel, Pixar, Star mm-hmm. Wars, remakes. Mm-hmm. That is like 90-something percent of yeah. their output right now. And, and here's the thing. I'm a big Disney household. We still haven't seen Lion King because why? Like, and I love the Lion King, but it just, and it, I love Donald Glover. Like, this should be something I went to see, and I just couldn't. Yeah. I think Aladdin did me dirty. And that, that just set the precedent. Aladdin did me dirty. That was a fantastic yeah. sentence. Um, I just, I, I, I realized this year, and that's been true for a couple of years, but I used to go and see like a movie almost every week in the summer. Like there'd be like a blockbuster or something fun like every week that I'd want to go see. And I feel like this year, other than the Marvel movies, and then you had something that snuck in like Midsummer, but I wouldn't really count that as a summer movie in the same way that like I'm I mean, talking it's about. it's called Midsummer, Pete. It is called Midsummer, but it's an arty <laughs> horror movie. It's not exactly what I'm thinking of here. <laughs> But all the other blockbusters from the other studios like are just so unappealing. Like Men in Black looked kind of rough, and then even it you was hated rough. it. Yeah, even you hated yeah. it, and you were like, "I fell asleep." And I think I made the <laughs> better choice. I, I I don't I don't yeah that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Right, I'm also just realizing that I've got you up a little bit. So <laughs> that was great. Tweak that just a touch. So unprofessional. Yeah. So yeah, Matt 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 and Cara may have been a touch loud for that first little portion, but not not, not unbearably yeah. so. Um. Good thing I didn't try out my death metal scream. I would have blown out some eardrums. That would have been rough. That would have been rough. Um, but no, like Men in Black looked kind of mad. Um, what else came out this summer, blockbuster-wise? Because a lot of them tanked. Like, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah um, but Pete, like, Hobbs and Shaw is Hobbs and Shaw. Like, it's going to do well just based off of, you know, it's going to do as well as probably the worst fast movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's a franchise. Sure. No, I'm just, I just mean you from know? a, like, a, like, because again, it's kind of fast and the furious movie. There's the, there was yeah, nothing. I'm, I'm trying to think of what else there was. There was that Lion King. Let me check. Aladdin, yeah. Um... Aladdin was quite early, though. I don't even know that was summer. Yeah, that was in, that was in May. May counts as summer for movies. Not it does. Sure. I thought it was, I thought it was more April, but fair yeah. enough. Hell, even the end of April starting to count now because that's when. The... I mean, yeah, okay, but that's because we're stretching the goalposts a little bit here. Yeah. I you know. Hey, that's not I'll, me I'll... doing that. That's the studios doing that. I'm just. Well, if they have it their way, give it two years and we'll be counting February as, as summer because you know they like. <laughs> hey, we, had, we had John Wick, John Wick Parabellum. That, that was okay. In May. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Godzilla. That was that was up there. Yeah, okay, I, I was looking forward to that, and I, I fairly enjoyed yeah. it. I don't think it performed amazingly, though, did it? No, it didn't, no. it didn't do that well. But, like, that's the, I mean, Godzilla's really the only blockbuster, just out oh, and out right... We're forgetting the obvious one. What? Yeah. Hellboy. <laughs> well, I mean, that was, like, that March. That came but... out in April. <laughs> was it April? Is that that early? God yeah, that was early. Oh, um... let me check. Did I forget to log it? But no, I, but it's right there. It's in April. But again, I I went to see that because I had to for review, not because I wanted to, and it was it was a train wreck. And I, like, just, I yeah, know. I'm looking, I'm looking here, really up until I didn't 
been at the movies a lot. Most of these are stuff that I watched at home. Yeah, because um, I, I, I remember, you know, I mean, this is going back to, like, the mid-2000s, but I, I remember, like, you know, like, I remember summer 2004 especially being, like, really, like, every week I was going to see, you know, there was a new Bourne movie out that summer, uh, Collateral was out that summer, um, there was, you know, I mean, hell, I mean, King Arthur wasn't, was interesting enough to go see at the time. Like, there was just a big variety of blockbusters on top of the, like, Spider-Man 2 was out that year, I think, and like other stuff like i just i feel like a lot of the marvel movies like during the summer now like there's maybe one or two things worth seeing blockbuster wise and then it's just a sea of like what this this is a thing yeah so far though i'm gonna go from june here's here's the blockbusters from from june 7th dark phoenix oh men of black international oh um and then uh child's play if that counts yeah. These are all the major releases. Well, that toy that was up against Toy Story, so I'd say Toy Story is more the yeah. Toy Story is the major. Toy, I, yeah, yeah, Toy Story. Um, uh, Toy Story four was really good. Yeah, my second favorite uh, Toy Story movie. Um, then you have Spider Man, uh, Far From Home. Mm-hmm. So Disney, the Lion Disney. King, Disney. Uh, and Once Upon a Time I mean, in Hollywood. Spider Man one wasn't technically Disney. Okay, but it's part of Marvel, which I was also counting yeah. as kind of the. No, it's like, Studios. no, no, I'm not disputing with that, but I mean, you can't say, oh, that's a Disney release as well, because I mean, yeah, it's I mean, tangentially had, uh, Disney, <laughs> yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then Hobbs and Shaw, and then this past weekend, I guess we got scary stories, but that's not really a blockbuster, you know. It's the closest um, thing we had that, that, that past weekend, I guess. I don't know, yeah. I just I feel like blockbuster season is just not as exciting as it used to be. And what's weird is that I feel like Marvel have made the quality more consistent, but oddly it's killed off like all the other interesting yeah. ones. Uh, to be fair, yeah. I think blockbusters are more spread out throughout the year now. Like I can reliably expect one around Valentine's. I will I'm guaranteed yeah. one Christmas week. Well, I mean, when you're talking about Angel Has Fallen's coming out in a couple of weeks, I have no plans to see it. But um, they make another that... one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they made another one. It's a trilogy now. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I really thought with the name Angel is Fallen, we were going to the space station. I'm very disappointed that we're not. Yeah. It, it, it's much more Jason Bourne than I think even the last Jason Bourne uh, based on the trailer. I know? Yeah. Here's the thing. But, I actually, um, I saw the first two of those and yeah. I have no interest in seeing the third one. <laughs> I can't remember if I saw the second one and then when I Googled it, I was like, oh yeah, I did see this. The second one was better than the first, but it's, it wasn't like I wouldn't yeah. recommend it. it was like, I it was saw okay. about twenty minutes of the first one. I went, eh, I'm good. Yeah, it's. But yeah, so no, I definitely blockbuster season this year. I mean, uh, I had plans to go see Good Boys last night, but I was just too tired. But that's again, that's not a blockbuster. Is it... That's a comedy. I, I, I don't yeah. think it's a surprising thing though. When I, we get to our top tens, you know, when we do them like March or February, whatever we do them now, um, for the previous year. I don't think it's a surprise to me now that you know almost none of my top ten these days tends to be up. It'll be like one blockbuster out of ten or something like that, and then it'll be a lot of smaller my, movies. My top ten is usually kind of unrecognizable before you know, say November, and then you know from oh, November. Yeah, obviously, to February, I, I, I'm, I'm not thinking of uh, this year's top ten because we've not had enough of the year yet. But I'm, I'm looking no, back I, I at mean, 2018. Every year for the last like four or five years, it's all of the interesting stuff tends to come out, you know, November, December time. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. It's this. It's, 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 I, 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 I can just tell you as of right now, uh, 
My 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 top of my list is is an Avengers movie. So, <laughs> there was one of those this year, yes. Yeah. <laughs> one so. of those this year. I I just I guess I just wish I was more excited to go to the theater more often. I'm just I'm not like I, I'm. Yeah. So it's more sporadic now. No, it, it, it helps. A lot. The, the last thing I went to see at, at the cinema was, I think, Toy Story 4. Because, yeah, since then, nothing's got, gotten to me. That, it, oh, yeah, I need to go see that. It, it helps that my my local theater, the one that's real close to me, uh, has $8 tickets all day long. You know, seven days mm. a week. So I never feel like if it's something like... Like, I went and saw Crawl at the theater... And I didn't feel like I wasted any money because it was eight dollars. I would, I would have went to go see that if it came out here at the same time, but it bloody didn't, <laughs> yeah. did it? No, my, my cinema did um did lower its prices recently. Well, yeah, you, know, you know, over the last you know six or eight months, whatever it was, to be significantly more competitive. Uh, but it's still like a you know a half hour bus journey for me to get to. So like you know a lot, I'm like, well, can I be asked to go and see? I don't know, pick a movie. You know, a lot of times, yeah, I'll wait. I'm actually just trying to see what the last thing I saw in the theaters was. The last thing I saw was Annabelle Comes Home in the theaters for review purposes, and that was, uh, what, the 14th of yeah. July. So it's, it's been you, a month. When Scary Stories comes out, you should definitely go see that. That's. Oh, I want it in theaters because I know I'm going to review it when it comes out on home video, so I'll wait until uh, I'll wait until then. Well, I'll shoot. Save, that, I'll, was a, that was a fun theater going experience. I'll save the pet. Honestly, Matt, me and Tim have been screwed over so much this year by horror movies yeah. having different releases. Because I'm actually really looking forward to Ready or Not, but I, I get it a month later, so it's waiting for home video release. Yeah. Um. Um. And what else? I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you should definitely go see in the theater. That that literally just came out here a couple of days ago. Uh, I yeah, should well, I know because me and James argued this morning over <laughs> Eiffel Eight over Django, and he's insane to me. So, I, I like both movies a lot. I think Django and Chain's fantastic. So yeah, so do I. I like he he said that the movie ends after the third act and then keeps going with the fourth. And I was like, that's what makes it feel like an epic. And Django's story is not over in the third act. Like yeah, hey, just because three know? acts are common doesn't mean it's it's not uncommon exactly. for for four act movies yeah, or five with, act movies. With Hateful Eight, which you liked way more than I did, uh, I just that that's like a movie about nothing to me. I, I like Hateful, I I like Hateful Eight a lot, but I will put Django over it if I'm if I'm sticking up for yeah. one over the other. And and I'll say this upon you know we, I, we've had Once Upon a Time here for a couple of weeks, and the more I think about it, the more I like it. So it went from kind of the middle of the pack to almost it might be in the top three of, of my Tarantino's yeah. uh, as of now. And, but leaving the theater, I was like, yeah, it was okay, I think it's good. But the more you think about it, and the more you know certain scenes sink in. It's rare that way. Versus Hateful Eight, which is the the further I get away from it, the less I like it. So I just have to find the time because the movie's like two hours and forty five minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus trailers, you're gonna be there for three and a half hours. Yup. So um, yeah. So I'll be I'll be seeing that probably next. And there's not a lot of showing, so if I don't see it by Thursday, yeah. then I won't see it in theaters because it'll be yeah. down to like that's, one showing. That's if, surprising if that can. it's that little, given that there's not that much out. It's, it's just because there's yeah, still. Yeah, but all the family friendly films get so many screens and this is a three hour movie that's like you know yeah. r-rated it, it gets no, like I one get that. screen I'm, I'm surprised because at least locally i'm seeing a, a lot of advertising for it everywhere so i would have expected more um i, I haven't looked at myself because you know, i'm not interested in seeing it so i never bothered looking but i've seen a lot of advertising so i just assumed there would have been more than that. so so connor just let me pick your brain real quick so you're, you're not a tarantino guy nope not at all 
that this should be the one you should see. If you're going to see oh. one, because this is the the least Tarantino. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no way I'm going to go and sit through an almost three hour Tarantino no, movie. Not, not a chance. Oh, man, I'm telling you. The, the, no. If you have Death Proof <laughs> on one, which is like the most like Tarantino, like just, oh, what's the word I can, uh, indulgent of him just being like, versus this one, which, yeah, three and a half hours, or three and a half hours, almost three hours, feels that indulgent, but really it's not. Uh, you know, it's, no, the performances are there. Uh, I think my brother's seen it twice, and he can't get to the movies that often. So the fact that he went, uh, I, I have seen the last handful. You know, the, the you know the, the more recent releases. I, I just haven't seen bothered seeing any of them because I you know after three or four Tarantino movies, I was like, Do you know what? I I don't think I like Tarantino movies, so I just stopped watching them because they tend to be long, and I uh, don't have time to 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 watch something that I know I'm going to dislike. Yeah, I mean it's, it's the same reason I, I never went to see Avengers in the cinema because I was just like, eh, I'm not saying that. For I know. I forget who I'm talking to. You're hopeless. <laughs> um, hang on. Yo, every every week for the last like two months, you've been going, Joe, you know I'm not going to read anything. I don't want to read anymore. I haven't got the time. Yeah. And then you're telling me, oh, go watch this almost three hour movie that you're probably not going to enjoy that much. Here's the difference, though. Um, movies versus comics are a little bit different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when no, you no. make the decision to go to the theater, that's the thing. Not reading a comic, you know, that's just a, hey, do I want to spend more time with my wife or sit and read a comic I'm not going to enjoy? You yeah, know, like a comic I'm not going to enjoy takes me maybe 15 minutes, uh, right? Uh, yeah, uh, no, it's not. Yeah. Happening. I'm telling you, it, it's, I, I got bad things to do. Than waste my, I've got uh, better things to do than waste my time on uh, what uh, would be a. Probably a five-hour trip, or maybe maybe six all in total, including travel there and back, waiting for buses. Okay, then, no, that that's a fair argument because I forget you have to take the bus. Yeah, and it's so more it's of a about, time thing. About half an hour each way on the like, bus, but yeah. then you know, so I mean, that's four and a half hours, and then I got to wait for the bus. So, yeah, so probably looking at five hours. Yeah, I, okay, I I can see that argument. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. So I can just hop in my car and be at the movie theater in five minutes. Yeah, like, can't do that. Yeah, so, but Pete, you should definitely see it. Make time. Yeah, so we'll try. We'll try. Just have to squeeze it into my schedule sometime early next week. And because uh, unlike Connor, I actually like Tarantino, so <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah, but I yeah. work a lot, so I don't have time to go to the cinema on the on an evening. Hey, I I hear you on that one. I um, yeah, but I mean, keep in mind here, Connor's also someone who doesn't like Christmas or uh, chocolate or. I don't uh, dislike chocolate. I just don't love it. That is it. I don't not like Christmas. I just don't like the cold. No, he he went for the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't give a shit about Christmas. Yeah. Joe, after growing up in, in in a Catholic household and having to get up stupidly early to go to church on Christmas, nah, screw it. Look warm on Back to the Future. Look warm on the Goonies. Look warm on a bunch of other stuff. Like, you know. Pete, I I feel you're in the millennial camp, right? Like, your your birth years in that. We're all in the millennial. The we're all is. millennials, Matt. We're all in that that range. Connor's Connor's not though, because Connor's my brother's age. My brother's the the next generation down. Um, 
and they're terrible. I don't think so. I say we need to stop. You know, people need to stop beating up on millennials and go after Connor and my brother's generation. I don't think so. I'm going to check this back because I, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure Connor's still in the millennial. Yeah, yeah. Millennial. A, yeah, anything like, between 81 and see, 96 is a millennial. Yeah. See, I've read anywhere between to 94 as a cutoff. I think that, do you know what I've heard is the rule of thumb yeah. is if you're old enough, you know, obviously, you know, within that time period, roughly, if you're old enough to remember 9 11 as yeah. it happened, you know, and where you were and what you were doing. If you can remember that, you're a millennial. If you if you can't, then you know it, you're later than. Well, only if you're too young for it, though. If you're too old, then you're. Yeah, up. obviously, if you're too old. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, obviously. But if you know, I'm talking about around that kind. Yeah, of... Yeah, apparently, Matt. Apparently, uh, in yeah. 2019, the age range for a millennial is 23 to 37. That's the age range. Oh shit! See, I heard the cutoff was was 94. So if you were born and you know, so that that's my brother. My brother's January 94. So that's where I use the cutoff. That said, he's he's much more like me and Pete than Connor. Thank God. <laughs> he loves the Goonies. Yeah. Hey. He's, he saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood twice in the theater. So I like a lot of stuff. A yeah. lot of stuff. Just, you know, don't love those ones. Oh, he doesn't really like Ghostbusters that much either, if I remember right. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> so, Connor, how does it make you feel that we used to watch Back to the Future on Christmas Day every year? You do you. Hey, yeah, I don't stop anyone doing Christmas stuff. You you, you want to watch it? Go ahead. Oh man. On the upside, Matt, we like we literally never have to get him a Christmas present. I mean, that's the upside that's true. to us. I mean, I know. I was like, why start now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why start now? Yeah. Oh, but if I'm feeling generous one year, Matt, I thought, oh, I'll get my co-host some presents. I'll get you a present, Matt. Yeah. I'll just not get caught right because Carl doesn't like Christmas. No, I'm fine with that. That's the bit. I don't really do my birthday either. I don't do any of those sort of things. I just eh, can't be bothered. Oh my god! And here I am telling people that hey, we're going to hockey game for my birthday, and it might be pretty expensive. And Connor's like, yeah, I don't celebrate mine. I I got dragged out to a meal, be- because Paige insisted. I, I, that was it. So I went for a meal. I don't do it for my birthday to be fair, but I like Christmas well enough. No, I like my birthday. I spent my last birthday with, with grizzly bears at the San Francisco Zoo, so that was pretty cool. All right, then. Well, let's get to business and talk about uh, some DC Comics news and solicits and things of that nature. Uh, good week for solicits because not a lot of books. Not that we have a lot of books next week either, but next week's questions <laughs> They're week. all good weeks. Yeah. Next week's heavy questions week, though. So, again, everyone sending your questions to at DC Comics Podcast or mftbquestions at gmail.com. I will remind you several times throughout the show because we really want questions for next week. So, uh, first things first. Uh, remember last week when I said we'll see you next week for the delay of Shazam? Um, I was correct. However, I think my exact wording last week is that I, I predicted it had moved one more week, when in fact it has moved two weeks this time. So instead of moving to, to September 11th like I predicted, it has moved to September 18th. That is issue 7 we're talking about. Um, so, there you go. That's the news. <laughs> Which is absolutely again oh, oh they didn't push back the other issues this week that'll come next week that'll come next week yeah so we'll see you next week well admittedly they moved it two weeks this week so maybe it won't get pushed next week maybe they'll take a week off from delaying it maybe they might delay eight through 11 though because at the minute eight is scheduled for i think one week after that yeah <laughs> september 25th so i'm just like this i'm giving up on shazam right now so it's fun while it lasted but i 
Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like if, at this point, do I even care enough to read it? Oh, I'll no. start. I'll start with issue seven when it comes out. I'll start do it. I feel like I'll have to reread at least the last issue or two before it, figure out where the hell we were in this arc because it will have been what four months between issues. Uh, when was the last one? May. Well, Britain? I mean, maybe if we were optimistic, I don't actually know when the last issue. Uh, I think Let's it was June. Yeah, this one was originally solicited for June, but I think the the last one only came out in June. So the last one was six, I take it. So uh, that's when numbers out, work. Yeah, fifth yes. of June. Fifth of June. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm looking forward to next week's delay. Let's keep this train going. <laughs> um, so that's Shazam just, is the new Doomsday Clock. Shazam issue seven. Uh, and then the other just a bit of news we got covers and uh, they confirmed that the next Tales from the Dark Multiverse were Blackest Night and Infinite Crisis we knew they were coming they were in the original yeah, list yeah they're in the solicits anyway so uh, oh they're in the solicits oh yeah I, never, they... I, I, I guess I missed over them when I glanced at it but uh, but speaking of solicits that's what we're going to do now anyway so uh, solicits for November of this year so brace yourselves because uh, here we go. They're in a bit of a weird order because there was some advanced solicits last month. Yeah, so uh, last month they advanced solicited a handful, uh, especially the double shippers that with the, the acetate covers. Um, and then, you know, instead of just putting them in the appropriate order, they've left them as a separate chunk at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we'll work through these. Uh, first up, I assume Curse of the White Knight is taking a month off for this one shot that we're starting with. Would that be a correct assumption? I think so. I uh, I assume you know Murphy just needs uh, an extra month to work on. Yeah, you because know, he's doing everything. Yeah, yeah, because he's, right. he's, he's still writing this. This is the, that's important to know. He's still writing this one shot. Uh, yeah, it's called. It's fifty six pages as well. Yeah, it's called shot. Batman White Knight Presents Von Freeze Issue One. So it's delving into the the free stuff that he introduced in the first story. Uh, so that's coming out. It's a six dollar fifty six page comic, which is coming out on week three of November. That's a good week for it, I suppose. Uh, next up, well, I should tell you the artist on that. Actually, the artist on that is a uh, Klaus Janssen, maybe Janssen. Uh, I'll see. Um, yeah. There we got the next of the horror books that they announced, and that big batch before the Dollhouse Family uh, by Mike Carey. So that's coming. Yeah, that's like the wait. No, that's Mike Carey. Never mind. Who's the mic that does, uh, is it Flanagan? It was all the Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I just heard horror and Mike. Mike, Mike Carey's the guy who did um, the Lucifer book. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the original one. Um, yeah, so yeah. Dollhouse Family's coming out in November. That's a six-issue mini. Um, there we have Far Sector issue one. This is the kind of a Green Lantern book uh, by N.K. Jemison and art by Jamal Campbell, so the art's going to be good uh, if nothing else. Uh, and I, I suppose this gives us a time frame for when to expect um, Naomi Season 2, which will be a while because this is a 12-issue book. Mm, it is. Unless they're rotating artists. Um, so yeah, I've just seen there's a, there's a variant from uh, McKelvey, so I'm going to have to get that. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I'll read the description here. Uh, Jemison, the acclaimed award-winning author of the Broken Earth and, and Inherent in Science Fiction trilogies, makes her comic book debut with best-selling Naomi artist Jamal Campbell as they thrust you into the stunning sci-fi murder mystery in the other side of the universe. For the past six months, newly chosen Green Lantern uh, sojourner uh, Joe Mullen has been protecting the city, enduring a massive metropolis of 20 billion people. 
The city has maintained peace for over 500 years by stripping its citizens of their ability to feel. Oh, so it's very uh, equilibrium, uh, if anyone's seen that movie. Uh, as a result, violent crime is virtually unheard of and murder is non-existent. But that's all about to change in this new maxi-series that gives DC Young Animals spin to the legacy of the Green Lanterns. I have to admit, I kind of like the sound of this. <laughs> yeah, this sounds excellent. <laughs> Uh, this is a black label book, for the record. Um, so it's yeah, I've, no- I've noticed that they're actually labeling which section they're coming under now in the in the solicits under under the the, the price. It says you know uh, the FC, or tell you, oh, DC black label, or just DC, or whatever department it's coming out under. Yeah, that's what that's where I read that there. I read black label. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, the the horror book was black label as well, but this uh, this one is obviously new and uh, needs to be specified. I, I assume all the young animal ones are under black label now. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. We'll find out when we get to them. Uh, so no, I'm intrigued by that. I th- I think I definitely want to try that. Um, I I mean, I don't know if Je- if I like Jemison's writing, of course, but I like the art for sure, and the premise is very interesting. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah. Uh, so next up we got Genlock issue one. This is a, another one of the Rooster Teeth books. Uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Um, uh, fair enough. I'll move on. Yeah. A um, uh, bunch of giant reprints with small amounts of new stories, but yeah. nothing to really report I mean, on. It, it's it's only a small amount in the percentage of that book. There's still you know 24 pages of new story. Yeah, but it doesn't tell us anything about them. It's no, like, no, it it literally just says it includes 24 pages in your story plus reprints and doesn't give you a description. Does I know. It, doesn't it's give terrible. you a writer, doesn't give you an artist, it doesn't give you anything. We can't talk about any of them. I know. I know. <laughs> really frustrating. They need to sell that out. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we probably wouldn't be looking at these anyway, I don't think, because they're huge price books. Um, or huge page, well, not a huge price. They're actually a fairly reasonable price for what they are, but... Um, yeah. Just because they're the so outside of everything. Um, then we have Green Lantern Black Stars issue one. This is the mini series that Grant Morrison's doing, presumably in between his two Green Lantern series. Um, yeah. Zermanic was on the art, and uh, it's a three issue mini. Yeah, this is an interesting one um, because Morrison's been saying it's maybe not entirely in continuity, um, yeah, even no though shit. it. Even though it follows on from the the ending of Green Lantern Twelve, it's uh, it seems to be uh, I don't know some sort of alternate universe that happens at the end of that. Maybe I'm not entirely sure, hmm. but I don't know. It seems interesting. Three issue mini. Uh, Zamanico's good. Yeah, I'm down. Well, obviously you are, but I assume Matt's going to be like me and not checking this out. Yep. Nope. I want my Green Lantern back. Damn it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I I I heard some horrible news that apparently, and I assume it's going to be retconned or fixed or whatever. But apparently, in Justice League Odyssey, uh, spoilers for Justice League Odyssey this week. Apparently, Jessica got dusted by Darkseid or something like that. Um. Uh, fix that yeah, shit. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Fix that shit right now, DC. Um, that's probably just a comic cliffhanger, though, isn't it? Probably. Uh, next up is a He-Man: The Masters of the Universe comic. Uh, this is issue one by Tim. Heck Seale. yeah. So. Six issue mini. Um, I don't give a shit. Sorry, I, uh, Masters of the Multiverse, not Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Masters of the Multiverse. I just, I just read that on autopilot and didn't even notice yeah, the, yeah, the word change. Um, uh, I have never seen a He-Man thing in my life, so I don't give a shit about this comic. Wait, you've never seen the Dolph Lundgren movie? No. No. I With mean... Frank Langella and Skeletor? No. No. Oh, man. He-Man was just 
not really a rumor, thing over here. Rumor is that was originally supposed to be a, a New Gods movie. And like it started from a New Gods script. So that's why it's very unlike the, the cartoon. Uh, and someone bought it and decided to make it Masters of the Universe instead. So imagine I... Franklin Gellar in the 80s as Darkseid. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I don't okay. think I know anyone on a, you know, on a personal level who, who, who I grew up with that, that has seen anything He-Man ever. Yeah. He-Man's just a non-existent thing here. Same with G.I. Joe. Both, both of those things were just not Yeah, things. that's because we, we, had, we had Action Man instead of G.I. Joe. I never saw Action Man either, though. G.I. Joe is so good. I feel like the, the Fast and Furious movies are becoming G.I. Joe. Uh yeah, that, I guess, yeah, I could see that. Well, I say that having never seen it. If, if Joe, you but... see Hobbs and Shaw, there is a definitely Cobra element this time around. So we'll uh, take your word for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I might put Hobbs and Shaw in the background someday. Um, actually, you know, uh, we're recording our streams after minute this week. I'm just mentioning this because it's, it's somewhat relevant to DC because I watched Brightburn last night, and um. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> just, just as a question, without going into it too much. Yeah. Does it deliver on the the promise of the that first trailer of, hey, this is this is Man of Steel done, with the real intent. Yes. Does it deliver on that? Yeah, kind of. I I, I think I almost wish I saw it without seeing the trailer though, just because, like, it took like two thirds of the movie to get to a point where I just didn't know exactly what was going to happen because it was just all mm. in the trailer. And I wish yeah. I just, I wish it was a movie I stumbled onto in TV at like four in the morning and was like, oh, what's this movie? Oh, wait, this is just doing Man of Steel. What the hell? Like, I wish yeah, I just stumbled onto it. Yeah. It's definitely one of those, it's like a, if one of those sci-fi parody movies was given an actual budget yeah. so they could do a, a decent story. But, um, yeah, this is just, yeah, this I, like. I will say this, Matt, uh, the, the sort of stuff in the, the, the credits, the mid credits, hinting mm -hmm. at more stuff really made me laugh when I realized what they were, they were poking fun at uh yep. so uh, and and when that when that actor shows up at the end i i definitely popped oh yeah so you guys are gonna have to tell me all about this on the next so I, I will say um it's not it's not a great movie it's not a great movie i, I think it no could... it's it's perfectly fine though it is a nice yeah horror pulpy it, it could be paced you know? better I, I think it needed yeah. honestly i think it needed a couple more kills because the kills that are there are actually really good but it needed a yeah. couple more um yeah. Uh, I there there's a moment there where where something happens with an eyeball, and I winched my head over this oh, way, yeah. and the lady sitting eight seats away from me did the same, and we both looked at each other and shared a <laughs> yeah share the moment share the moment yeah so uh, um no, no, it was it was more the jaw thing that I I, I really liked but yeah, uh, okay, yeah. anyway um so maybe I was more solicits. Uh, John Constantine Hellblazer issue one, as expected by Cy Spurrier and Aaron Campbell, obviously following on from the one shot from Halloween. So, uh, oh, this was as predictable as anything that this was going to be in here, but uh, here it is. Uh, then we have the Infected King Shazam issue one, which is a one shot, and this is a uh, Cena uh, Grace and Joe Bennett. And is this is this tied into the Batman Superman book? I yep. believe so. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would have thought so. Yeah, Batman Who Laughs is there in the description. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a one-shot tie into that. Interestingly, not by um, uh, Williamson, who's doing that book. No. So. No, but these are like one-shots that I think are, you know, around those, which I feel it's, now it's, it's the Secret half... Six is being revealed mm. through these one-shots. Yeah. I, I think this is half tying into the, uh, you know, the, the, the Batman Superman stuff, and it's half a year of the villain one-shot. Yeah. 
Yeah, the mismaking confusion. And then likewise, there's a second one of these called The Infected Scarab Issue yeah. 1 by Dennis Hopeless with art by Freddie E. Williams II. Um, yeah, Marquez does the covers for both of those, and they are both fantastic covers, and both of them look terrifying in the best way. Yeah, I can say I'm excited for these one-shots specifically, but if I get really into Batman Superman, I may be more inclined to try them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Tie-in one-shots, though, for me, need to kind of try and sell me on them, because often, more often than not, I'll read them and go, this was just a cash grab. <laughs> yeah. That, that's how I feel most of the time when I read a tie-in one-shot. Uh, and then next up, Matt, it's time. Yep. Obviously, there's the, the, the two issues leading into this, the Millennium things, mm-hmm. but... Here we have Legion of Superheroes issue one by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Ryan Sook. It's happening after three the plus Legion years. Legion lives again. Yeah, after three plus years, the Legion is indeed living. <laughs> For how long remains to be seen, but the Legion is indeed living. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I'll check I'm it excited. out. Excited. See how it goes. Uh, you guys not going to talk about? Uh, yeah, I was going to say John Kent being front and center. Well, we yeah. knew this already because this was already in a lot of the the, the images they released in Millennium and stuff, right? Yeah, but this the the solicit fully is like yeah, it's, it's a Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, like, which keeps them out of the other super books for a while, you know, because it keeps yeah. them with the Legion. Um, so yeah. not too many super characters running around, and um, yeah, I'm okay with this, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, covers quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Jamal Campbell. Yeah, I have to buy multiples Campbell, sorry. of this now. That's Ryan Sook. Oh, Ryan Sook. Variant cover, Jim yeah. Chung. Oh. Yeah. So, so no, uh, probably, probably the big new number one for the month, I would say, uh, out of them. Um, I don't know. The next one gives it some competition. Well, no, but this is a Black Label book. I, I don't think Black Label necessarily <laughs> competes with mainline uh, content. I'm just stuff. kidding. But we do have the question, The Deaths of Vic Sage by Jeff Lemire, and then art by Dennis Cohen and uh, Bill Sinkiewicz. If I'm saying that correctly. Uh, this is a four-issue four, four issue, uh, series, prestige format, for, uh, $7, 48 pages an issue, presumably every other month. Yeah, bi-monthly. Yeah. Um, so, yes, of course, of course we're excited because this is, this is Lemire doing the question. What's not to love about that? Yep. Um... Very exciting. So, yeah. And it's stuff like this where, yeah, hey, if some of the, the regular books are being a little bit dull right then, it's like, well, you know, you got this Black Label book that can come in and uh, take a slot. Uh, what I really hope DC do, though, is I really hope they alternate some of them so that they don't just all come in the same month and then there's a month Well, we had, a, we had quite a few last month. I we think. did. Uh, yeah, we did. Sorry. We had a few. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they keep that going. Hopefully delays don't end up paling them all up in the same month because that would be a nightmare. That, that would... Yeah, not be great. Yeah, and then we have Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Blackest Night issue one, as mentioned. Uh, Tim Seeley writing this one with Kale Holtz and Dexter Vines on the art. Um, so that's... What's the twist on this one? What's the twist? Uh, here we go. So, uh, what could be blacker than Blackest Night from the page of the Dark Knight's Metal comes Dark Multiverse retelling of Green Lantern event that changed the DC Universe forever, only this time, the Black Lanterns win. I mean, that's really quite simple, really. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> but what, what's it doing with it? Now, 23 days after the apocalypse, witness the rise of Sinestro as the Limbo Lantern, the Limbo Lantern, trapped between life and death as he's, a white and black lantern. He has lantern. a really flexible back. So he's a grey lantern then, is what they're saying. He's a, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. a grey lantern. Uh, Sinestro seeks to, to save the universe or end his miserable life once and for all. Joined by Dove, 
Lobo and Mr. Miracle, the last living beings in the universe, will put everything on the line to give the world one final chance. So I'm getting like suicide, like resetting the world thing kind of vibes from this. Yeah. Right. So it's fun. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm intrigued by that one. Uh, Tales with Dark Multiverse Infinite Crisis issue one. This one's by James Tyne in the fourth with Aaron Lopresti, uh, sorry, Lopresti and Matt Ryan on the art. Um. This cover's pretty cool. I like the cover of this one. Yeah, Lee Weeks doing all these covers is, yeah. is just a great choice. Uh, so DC's Mega Event Infinite Crisis saw the destruction of the Trinity, the rise of Alexander Luther and Superboy Prime, and the rebirth of the multiverse. But it all started with Ted Cord, the Blue Beetle, who saw it all coming and died with secrets that could have saved the world. But things have happened differently in the Dark Multiverse. Not only does Blue Beetle survive, he thrives. After killing Maxwell Lord himself, Ted sets off a chain of events that irre irreversibly alters the lives of the Justice League and his best friend, Booster Gold. In trying to prevent a crisis, Blue Beetle becomes the crisis and the Dark Multiverse. So this is, this is Blue Beetle becomes the, the like Superboy Prime of this, this world because he yeah, well, changes it, things. Yeah. It looks like on the cover he's wearing anti-monitor armor. I was just going to say that, yeah. yeah. So This sounds kind of great. Yeah. I'm here for this. Oh, yeah, because the last two one-shots, one of them sounded kind of good, the other one was a little bit weaker. These both sound really interesting to me. Um, this one more so than The Blackest Night, at least to me. Fair. Well, I yeah, think... I don't really want to read The Blackest Night one, and I love Blackest Night, but this... This is my shit. Yeah, um, so, hey... Helen's up those books. Uh, a couple of those, uh, you know, the, the kids' uh, graphic novel stuff coming up next. Mm -hmm. I'll just mention them briefly. Diana, Princess of the Amazons, Green Lantern Legacy, uh, Wonder Woman, Warbringer. Yeah, uh, uh, Warbringer there is for young adults. The other two were for kids. Uh, on to the main bulk of the solicits here. And again, some of the double shippers have their other issues uh, and later down the yeah, line. Yeah, so... so what we're mentioning now is the second issue of the month. Yes, and obviously some single shippers are down at the bottom as well. So we would order this one, but just bear with us. Uh, so we got Batman 83, as expected, and that variant of uh, Flashpoint Batman is particularly fetching, if I do say so. Um, mm. we got... It's another Matina. Yeah, Matina, what can I say? Matina delivers. Uh, we got Batman Beyond 38. We got Batman V's Razal Girl number four. That's the Neil Adams maxi series, or mini series, sorry, that uh, obviously we were avoiding like the plague. Because I, th I think it's starting like next week, maybe. That sounds about right, given this is issue four in the solicits. Uh, you get Batman Last Night on Earth, issue three. Mm -hmm. That's the Snyder Capullo book. Uh, so the, the final issue, which at the minute they're saying 48 yeah. pages, uh, but Capullo did say that it's might change. Expanded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got the Batman's Grave issue 2. This is the second issue of the Warren Ellis Batman uh, maxi series, which started in the previous month, uh, which I'd forgotten about. This is the thing. There's so many like these little books that have popped up in the solicits recently that when I read the solicits, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a thing that exists because it's not started yet. So it's not in my mind yet. Uh, likewise, Birds of Prey issue 2 by Azzarello uh, coming there. Yeah. Is that what a... the hell is happening in Detective Comics? <laughs> 1016. <laughs> oh, that's uh, Lobo's daughter, I think, with a chainsaw? No. No, no, no it's not. Who's that? Th that's Nora Freeze. What? <laughs> read that Read that out. Yeah. Okay, I'll read this out. Uh, okay. Defeating her now estranged husband, Mr. Freeze, isn't enough to uh, sate Nora Freeze's bloodlust. Oh, bloodlust! Drink, oh, Connor. Bloodlust. Uh, okay. As she usurps her frozen throne, <laughs> establishing herself as the first Ice Queen of Gotham, the Dark Knight will have his hands full as Nora unleashes an icy hell unlike any other in the city's, on the city streets. Did he really just take a drink? Yeah. Hey, it said bloodlust. 
Oh my That's god. So wait, you keep whiskey. <laughs> I mean, there's like Why? 15 bottles right there. It's not for this purpose. Oh. It's just where I keep yeah. it. Yeah, he, he drinks he drinks for the old arrow drinking rules should they arise, which one of which was bloodlust. He also often will drink when I make my uh, certain reference, which may or may not happen this episode. Only, only, only if he does it too many times and it's annoying me. <laughs> oh, uh, the, there's the one on the TV news where if, it's a, if, if a TV show's description has personal and professional lives in it. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot a lot of shows describe the characters go, and this will have effect on both their profes- professional and personal lives. It's yeah. like an overused. Oh, it was thing. just I'm just shocked he bent down. I thought he was doing a bit, and no. <laughs> oh man, no, no, I commit. Excellent. You know, I thought that was right, an art journal nice. cover on uh, Birds of Prey, but it's actually I as well. Derek true. Yeah. yeah, I did that. It's nice though. Yeah, no, it's nice, but it's very art German style. Uh, yeah. I prefer the other. But it's the Pacino, so. Oh yeah, Lupacino's is nice. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not downplaying that they're, one. They're both just... great covers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there we got Event Leviathan issue six, the final issue of the of the the mini slash event. Mm-hmm. Um, Flash eighty three is there. Um, we got Flash Forward issue three. Notably, uh, Wally's on a different Earth, and he meets up with a Roy Harper. So it's Earth forty three, and Roy Harper on this Earth is a vampire hunter. Yeah. What could I no, reference? That's... What could I reference at this point in time? Hey, did <laughs> I, I know what you want to do? But I'm trying to save Connor's lover. Uh, did you see what the other cover? The 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 Lee variant. It's real nice. Who's on there? Oh, it's a uh, Tempest Fidget from uh, Sideways. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting, and that's also interesting. upsetting. Yeah, I did see a, an article about that last week. Um, the, the apparently is going to be uh, quite a major part of that book. <laughs> sideways or Tempest Fugitive? Tempest, uh, Tempest yeah. yeah. Okay. So basically, they're given all all these interesting stories and still want to read Flash Forward, but then I just see Scott Liddell's name and I'm like, <laughs> oh god, can't do it. Yeah, Scott Liddell and Brett Booth. <laughs> Joe is, is a real shame. You know, you know, there's a anyone who picks up a cover and goes, oh, this looks nice, you know, and for whatever reason buys it based on the cover, they've got. You know, that that gorgeous Doc Shana cover or that pretty great looking Lee cover, and then you open it, and it's Scott Lobdell and Brett Booth. That's gotta hurt. Yeah, that <clears throat> man, that Shana cover is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like it screams Halloween. It does, yeah. And <sighs> you've got like Batman, like as an actual giant bat flying past the moon above yeah. them. It's just it's a great, great. Cover. yeah. It's it's beautiful. <sighs> Makes um, me so mad. I know, I know. Um, but hey, uh, next up we got Freedom Fighters issue eleven, second last issue. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, Gotham City Monsters. If you forgot that was a thing because it's not started yet. Steve no. Alonzo's book uh, is coming. Yep, three of six. Three of six. Did we know it was a mini? I think we did. Yeah, yeah. I think it was always. Okay. Which I, I think for the sake of us thinking there's too many books, is good. That there's a lot of these that are just minis. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, the problem is when these finished, they'll cool. replace them with other minis. Well, no, but that's the thing though. All the doubles are going to single uh, come January. Uh, that, that's, but see, that's kind of what I've always wanted them to do: is treat it like a, like a, you know, don't keep it ongoing necessarily. If you're going to keep renumbering, just do make them all mini or maxis. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know. So, do seasons, take some time yeah. off, bring it back, so on, so on. Um, mm. But yeah, so uh, more, more, more monsters. Uh, I don't necessarily love that cover because Batwoman's proportions is really kind of weird. But 
But I do like yeah. the, I like the concept of the cover with all the like you know you got Orkin, Killer Croc, and whoever else. You've got all the monsters Marianne. around the side and Batwoman yeah. jumping down in the middle. The 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 layout of it is really nice. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Uh, you got Harley in issue three. This is the Cedric uh, Harley Quinn book, Black yeah. Label. This is the final issue. Um, so you know, I think it surprised me that this was monthly, given that they're you know big books. Yeah, Har- yeah. Harleen's monthly for some reason. It wouldn't surprise me if this. But if he's been working pushed. on it since he left Aquaman, true. Then it would make sense. Yeah, you know, true. They're just ready to be printed. And I don't even, even care that this is a sixty-four page book. I'm, I'm reading this for the art. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. Um, uh, next up, we got Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy issue three. This is the Jody. How I, I love how like I don't typically read Harley books, but they just keep putting like writers and artists on on these books just mm-hmm. to make me you read got, them. You go, damn it, Jody Hauser. Uh, probably gonna have to try it. Adriana Melo as well. Just gonna, yeah, they're just gonna beat you down. Because because uh, like, Melo was on that Plastic Man money from Simone, which was yeah. had really good art. So yeah. Um, and also, also I found out that uh, that Rose and Thorn book. From back from back in the day, from I want to say uh, New Fifty Two, yeah. was it New Fifty Two or the Simone? One of them, uh, Mello did the art for. So I'm, I've been oh, trying nice. to track that down. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, then we got the Inferior Five Issue Three, which is the sequel to uh, I keep forgetting Zero Hour. I think it was Zero Hour. No, Invasion. Yeah. Is it Invasion? Invasion. Yeah. As is a Keith Giffen, Jeff Lemire sequel to Invasion. Uh, good fun. <laughs> oh, showdown with the KG Beast. There's a big star on the front. I'm, I'm so yeah. down. I can't believe there's a 12 issue sequel to Invasion. I, I think uh, I'm going to have to read Invasion before this starts because I've never read Invasion just so I can I can try it. It's this. pretty good. Uh, it's like three 80 page issues. I, th- I think I've got it on my, my Comicsology. I think I can uh, yeah, check it out. It's worth a read. It's. Uh... I think uh, Giffen's stuff has aged better than a lot of other people's because it's a lot yeah. of uh, comedic writing. Cool. Cool. Uh, there we have Joker Harley Quinn Criminal Sanity. It's another Black Label book. This is the second of nine 40-page issues. Yeah, monthly as well. Month- Jesus. Out of the Harley books, this is the one that will probably get dropped just because there's three yeah. of them and this is the monthly one but that's huge definitely need to try it at least because you know Kami Garcia's got a reputation sure 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 uh, this is issue two of this book I'm just going to click the cover here I like that that cover's really nice actually yeah the, the kid with the mask looking at the mirror that is a really nicely shaded piece of art that's well, a Matina cover isn't it oh yeah oh yeah. quite right yeah which typically is his wheelhouse yeah um, uh, Justice League 36 uh, there are a lot of cheetah on the cover which is nice uh yeah, that, that gorilla god with the baby beard still kills me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got Manipal on an issue, so I'm looking forward to yeah. that. Uh, Lois Lane issue five is out. Um, is this continuing the trend of good covers? It seems like it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, we got uh, Zulu Tunes book, of course, uh, Mad Magazine or whatever. Um, Martian Manhunter issue 10 um, of 12 is out. Uh, then we have Metal Men issue two. This is the second issue of the Dan Didio book, which did actually sound quite intriguing from from the the, the first solicit. So, um, be checking that in October. Uh, there's the other uh, Rooster Teeth thing, uh, Ruby issue two. Yeah. Uh, interesting, we're getting a Supergirl annual in uh, yeah. November, despite the fact that it's not a five week month. We're just getting... and also yeah, written by Venditti. Yeah, written by Venditti. Um, and there's still a regular uh, issue by this, you know, the usual team uh, uh, by Andreco and that. But uh, there is a, a Supergirl annual 
usual annual price uh, with Laura Brada on art and uh, Robert Van Dyke writing. So, um, by the sounds of it, it's talking about you know Batman who laughs infection. I think this yeah. is kind of like those uh, you know the the Secret Six one shots we it's had just earlier. Tying into that, but they've than... just went. Yeah. Well, we'll just do it as an annual instead. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, there's a weird choice, I guess, because Supergirl has a book ongoing. And I know Shazam does, but it would be really weird to no, have Shazam annual <laughs> when, when there's not been an issue in four months. Uh, uh, you know what Shazam annual is called? Issue seven. <laughs> yeah. Is this a? Is this a? That was a funny joke, Matt. Just for the record. Oh, was actually quite um, good. Yeah. Um, but is this like a flashback issue? Is that why it's maybe not getting the infected tagline? Maybe. Because it says, "What was Supergirl's last day on Krypton like?" Before her entire world came crumbling down, did she get to say goodbye to her loved ones? Tell the boy who sat next to her in science class her true feelings for him. Oh, that's bit sounds tedious. Uh, take a deep dive into Supergirl's darkest regrets and desires. The Batman who laughs infection takes over. So uh, she is infected, but it seems like it's making her yeah. Like, uh, flashback. It says it takes over her core memories and twists them. So it won't be exactly what she experienced. Yeah. It'll be a, a twisted version of that. So pseudo flashback. Okay. Okay. Oh, I wouldn't say I'm super pumped, but again, if I'm enjoying Batman Superman, um, and you might try. It. We're not too heavy that week. It depends how many of the books we try in October. We I keep. Yeah. <laughs> the second month. I'm I'm concerned about November. Yeah. Uh, we got Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen issue five of twelve as expected. Wonder Which, with Woman... a, a a great little solicit. Is that it? that cover cracked me up. Oh, I'm... <laughs> that's a good cover. Oh, he's in a Batmobile. Oh, hello. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman 83, notably by it's an Orlando issue. Um, mm. But I believe... I think the other one's still uh, Wilson, so it may just be another one issue off like before. That, uh, that Frizen that, cover is one yeah, of the Yeah, buddy. That, that's phone background material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Like, just the reds and how she, she blends in with the background. Yeah, uh, like, that's real nice. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. yeah. I kind of follow you. Uh, Basketball of he- Basketful of Heads issue 2. This is the horror book that starts in October. The Joe Hill one. Uh, so that's issue 2 of 6 of that coming out. Interesting there with the way the Sea Dogs backup is working. So the first part of the backup was in Basketful of Heads issue 1. Part mm. 2 was in... The Dollhouse one. With the, the Dollhouse one. And then part 3 is in this one. Um, I also just want to point out how much I like that cover for uh, Basketful of Heads issue 2. Cause, yeah, that's good. Uh, it's just like some. It's like someone's legs walking through a beach and they're holding an axe, but it's like blood going out of the water from the axe. Yeah. It's really nice. Uh, Books of Magic fourteen, The Dreaming fifteen, House of Whispers fifteen, The Last God issue two, Lucifer fourteen. I'm just sort of firing through these Sandman universe uh, s books. Uh, just on the on the the Last God issue two, I just noticed there. That's actually uh, thir- you know longer, thirty-two pages with twenty-eight story pages. Um, hmm. So it's an extra dollar. It's I think the first one probably was, but we didn't think too much of it because it was an issue one. Um, interesting to see that continuing. Um, and then you got your young animal books: uh, Collapser issue five, Doom Patrol: Weight of the Worlds issue five. Uh, Which, just on that one, is worth mentioning is a different team. Um, on what? Uh, the the Doom Patrol one. Oh yeah, it's uh, this, Be- this... Becky Clunan and Michael Conrad on that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and apparently it's incredibly meta. With it's a comic book fan going into the the world, and yeah, sounds like an issue of Doom Patrol. Exactly. Uh, we got Dial H for Hero issue nine. I guess we're into the the Young Justice stuff now. Um, out of twelve now that is, and then we got Wonder Twins issue nine. Uh, now of twelve because these both got extended. Uh, Young Justice issue ten is coming out, of course. Um, so there you go. Uh, Naomi, of course, is going to be in some of these issues. She's in this oh. issue. 
Yep. Is that Tim's new costume? Oh yeah, we, yeah. Need, we need to talk about this. Yeah, he's got That's a new. That's ugly as shit. He's got a new costume, and it is, uh, shit brown. Is <laughs> it, it reminds me of '90s Wolverine when he wore the the, yeah. the orangish brown. Uh, um, I don't understand. It's very ninja esque. He it doesn't look like he has a cape anymore. I don't necessarily nah. mind the actual design, but the brown part should be red. Yeah, no, the design itself isn't that bad. I, th- I think it's he's missing of... a cape, personally. I think Tim should have a cape. Nah. Um, I think that when you mature as a Robin, you lose the cape, right? No, so, no, so... Dick did that. Dick... Tim doesn't need yeah. Cause, no, because no. Tim is the successor. He He's the detective. He should have right, the but then, and but then when you become the successor, you get the cowl. It's like a Pokemon upgrade. <laughs> sure, I, I feel like he should get the cape still, but not the cowl. Uh, but no. either way, all that aside, yeah, that is ugly in those colors. It, it's it's also it screams to me Tron, with all of the the designs on there. Yeah, I can see um, that. So his code name could be anything. Like, I just hope it's not like Sparrow or something. <laughs> It'll be Pigeon. <laughs> Uh, well, Hawk's already taken. Right. Falcon's taken from Marvel. So. So is Vulture. Yeah. Buzzard. Oh. Blue Jay. No, that's, I, I know it wasn't that taken by Harper Row. That wasn't the hard thing. Yeah. And then they never did anything with it. Yeah, never did anything with it. The signal. <laughs> parrot. He's the parrot. The macaw. <laughs> I'm taking quite personal offense at this. I I just want them to enter scenes and go caca caca yeah uh, the albatross. Next up we got uh, <laughs> next up we got just peacock. Just call him peacock. Um, Dick and peacock. That they can work as a team together. Uh, so we got Batman Universe issue five. Uh, we got Superman up in the sky issue five. Titans Burning Rage issue four. Wonder Woman come back to me issue five. This is all the reprints of the Walmart specials, as expected. Uh, and then you get usual statues and shit. And then I'm skipping over there just to get to the stuff that was uh, solicited in advance from last month. So I'm just going to list these very quickly because there's nothing to really add to them because uh, we already talked about the, the issues come after and whatnot. But Action Comics 1017, Aquaman 54, Batgirl 41, Batman 82, Batman The Outsiders number 7, Batman Superman issue 4, uh, we got Catwoman 17, Deathstroke 49, Detective Comics 1015, The Flash 82, Harley Quinn 67, Hawkman 18, Justice League 35, Justice League Dark number 17, Justice League Odyssey 15, Nightwing 66, Red Hood Outlaw 40, 40 issues of that, jeez, Supergirl 36, Superman 17, Teen Titans 36, The Terrifics 22, Wonder Woman 82, and that wraps them up. So, um... Uh, Worth note, on on Wonder Woman, I just want to mention, that's, that's... Uh, that's also a Steve Orlando issue. Oh, so two, two Orlando issues in a row. Two Orlando yeah. issues. Oh, that's upsetting. Didn't that happen last time? Oh, six issues. It's, six, it's a six issue story. Oh, you've got to be uh, bloody kidding. Join returning writer Steve Orlando for the first chapter of this six issue story. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully, Bilson's back after these six issues. Hopefully, it's just I don't one arc. I really off. hope so. Uh, do you know what's really annoying is is what this arc is about is so much Cheater and Themyscira. It's a, clearly a follow up to what we're reading. Yeah, we're going to talk about this issue. I, but surely, I don't read it. Surely, if she'd met, if she'd left the book, um, someone would have asked her by now, and she'd have said, "You would think." 
Yeah. I mean, just check a Twitter. Yeah, quickly. go check a Twitter. Yeah, check that there wasn't anything that we've missed. Go check a Twitter while I look through the trades to see if there's anything uh, worth mentioning. Uh, nope, 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 nope. Nope. Uh, nothing in the last couple of days that she said. So uh, unless she answered it last month when you know the advance solicit came out. Oh, possibly, yeah. That's entirely possible. Um, I'll just tweet and see. Worth a try. Yeah, go, go on. Go, go, go and ask her. Um, wait, what's this? Green Lantern Rebirth? Oh, as in, I was going to say, I'm, I was confused there because they were doing a Green Lantern Rebirth Deluxe Edition, and I was like, wait, didn't we get Deluxes for all those? And I was like, no, no, it's Green Lantern Rebirth, as in the John's, like, yeah, you know, relaunch of Green Lantern in the 2000s Rebirth. This is why it gets confusing when they're using the same uh, names over and over again. All right, I'll send a tweet. Uh, if, if we get an answer, we will update. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, Mr. Miracle by Steve Englehart and Steve Gerber. Hardcover. Yeah, it's the original stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the it's 80s. probably going to get cancelled close to the time. <laughs> That's a fair concern. The, uh, the poster portfolio by Middleton is, is probably quite nice. Oh, I can, yeah, I can see that being great. Um, there's a new anniversary deluxe edition of Superman for Tomorrow, if you're a fan of that story. Mm -hmm. Oh, Superman, Batman, Omnibus, the Lobe stuff. Twelve hundred pages. That is a meaty. That's issue. You could murder somebody with that. Yeah, issue one to forty-three plus a couple of annuals. So they're doing that in two halves. That, that's that's half that entire series. I, I'm surprised they didn't do that into three at that oh, size. Made... Was there six? Was there six trades? Uh, of the of, of the thick trades, I think there was like six. Yeah, six or seven. Yeah. So you had Public Enemy, you had Supergirl, you had... I think of them all. Because the original Trazer was over 10 for sure, and the new Thick Trazer was like 6, I think, yeah. of the of the entire yeah. series from 1 until it ended. So I, that's just the first half. They're doing it in two halves. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, more Swamp Thing and Bronze Age is cool. Um... Is, is, it, is that omnibus actually listed as by Loeb, or is it just a... No, no, it's collecting the entire thing. It's collecting that's the right. entire thing. I was, I was just saying Loeb to tell you what run it was. To, what, you know, where yeah, it yeah, yeah. That's what I was like. Loeb didn't do that long, did he? But, no, um, he just did the first it, couple arcs. In total, there was 87 issues plus five annuals. Yeah, so it's half. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I think he did, like, the first, I want to say, like, up to 40? No, he, then... he he finished at 26. Yeah, it was only the first, six, like, okay. like, four trades or something like that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he did like the first two years or so. Yeah. Okay. So, there you go. That is uh, the solicits from November. What a wacky batch of solicits it was. Um, but yeah, solicits solicits time of the month's always fun. So, um, hopefully for next week's show we'll have some sales figures for you, and that'll be that'll be fun. I mean, the the top ten charts are already there. Yeah, but it's, I like it's it. the only interesting bit. I like getting the full list though. I like getting the full <sighs> list before we do it. So, but we've already done solicits. We can save that for next week, and uh, let let that be next week's feature. Uh, so, and uh, that brings feature, an end. like it's on par with the solicits. That brings an end to this this week's or this month's solicits talk, I should say. Oh, I'm out of it. I'm so out of it. Uh, we're going to talk about books. So we'll start off this week then with Event Leviathan issue three. Brian Michael Bendis writing with Alex Maleev on the art. 
Um, this is essentially mostly just sort of telling us what happened with the Red Hood. Like they're all back at the Fortress of Solitude, mm-hmm. and uh, we're kind of going over what you know how how Red Hood managed to escape them all. If I, if I have any complaints about this issue, is that it paints Red Hood as being a bit more capable than I'd like. Which I don't oh, mind that, though because that. this is uh-oh. Mike. Uh, uh. This is a, it's all it's all over. Uh. Again, I don't I don't mind Jason Todd used like uh, sparingly. It's like a seasoning, right? Like if you had too much of one seasoning, it can destroy a, a otherwise good meal. Um, so fine, like this. I just don't know. So one thing I think that drives me nuts more about Jason Todd more than anything is like this cult like you know, following that he's gotten, and I don't understand why. For which our you patron, know? David Short, is the, the, the founder and uh, treasurer. Sure. Um, because <laughs> I liked when they brought him back in, in Under the Hood. Um, That's because you didn't think he was going to be that terrible straight away. You're like, oh, okay, well, I haven't seen him in a while. No, but then, but then I read the the Winnick, the, the, the Last Days. I think that was what it was called. It was a miniseries, and they basically handled him being brought back not being you know time punched by superboy prime and infinite crisis and it made sense like he was involved with the the assassins uh with uh with Roz and whatnot and talia and it all fit and it made him seem capable and i just feel like in the new 52 under lobdell it, it just went way downhill yeah i love so, um how the front cover says who is under the red hood question mark yeah. and i'm like well, it's Jason. It's Jason Todd's under the red hood. And I get what they're going for here because Prometheus... Mm-hmm. Uh, not, sorry, not Prometheus. Leviathan kind yeah. of has uh, a red hood as well. So they're yeah. going for a bit of a pun here. But it just made me go, well, it's Jason Todd. We, we know it's Jason Todd. <laughs> yeah. There's no mystery here. Come on. Yeah. But this this was a really action-packed issue so far. The last couple have been real real like story-focused. This one had a lot more action sequences in it. Yeah, but once it cut back to the fight and them chasing Jason, uh, it was a very quick read because a lot of that was just you know green arrow firing arrows at him, manhunter trying to like dodge things and and so on and so so on. Um, and the art is gorgeous, of course. Uh, you know, Damien and and Red Hood punching each other underwater uh, being yep. a, a highlight of that. Um, but ultimately, it all builds up to Lois having a conversation with him, where she kind of catches yep. up with him, and he, he's already shot her phone out of her hand because he didn't want to be yep. recorded, and she's got a backup because she's Lois Lane. Yep. And basically, they they have a kind of a debate where he's like, "Well, it's not me, but like whoever it is is clearly wanting them to think it's me because clearly I respect the idea that's happening here. This idea that Batman and the heroes aren't doing enough and that they're mm-hmm. doing something to actually change things is definitely sounds like me." And Lois says, well, you sound like you're impressed. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. he is kind of impressed. <laughs> he's actually yeah. kind of for this in a, in a lot of ways. Um, but no, it's it's interesting. So, um, And we have this, this neat joke at the end of this scene, actually, where uh, Green Arrow has an arrow come in and Red Hood deflects it and it hits Batman instead and it's an, an electrocution arrow. So Batman yep. gets shocked. And mm-hmm. it just goes back to Green Arrow going like, Batman's going to blame me for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's a net. Like it's a it's like a an electrified net yeah. that takes out him and Damien, uh, Batman and Damien. Uh, so yeah, um, but yeah, just the the conversation with with Lois, and um, he goes, "Do you have a good relationship with your dad?" She goes, "Could be better." Leviathan attacked mine, and then I think it's it's Jason that says, "Hope that's true." 
Yeah, he also right. said, yeah, he says, like, try and find Amanda Waller because they'll be going after her because they'll, they'll care that she used to be in charge. And then the, he also kind of emphasizes that the why is more important than who. Like, you know, if you if yep. you figure out why they're doing this, then you'll, you'll get to who quite yeah. quickly. So, yeah. So, yeah, it leaves in this really ominous kind of thing. Um, by the way, can I just say I love the joke where at one point Lois says to uh, Plastic Man, she calls him not elongated man. Because mm-hmm. he's saying, oh, we could go in and like try and fight like the bad guys. Like, yeah, we'll get right on that. Not elongated man. Yeah. And he's like, Pretty damn, good. that was cold. <laughs> yeah, someone that prefers elongated man to plastic man. I was like, yes, Bendis. <laughs> uh, but oh, yeah, man, Ralph. I think Ralph would have fit in here too. Oh sure. Um, yeah. You know, as as a detective, just give him some gingold. Let his nose, you know, itch, but. Yeah, in, um, in the fortress, they go into the conversation that Amanda Waller was here previously, and the rest of them are like, "What, really? She was here?" What were you thinking? Yeah, you and then you left her. Like, come on, man. And of course, we don't know how she got away. You know, yeah. from the Bermuda Triangle, but uh, she did leave a, tra- a, a listening device, like you know, a bug, which Damien yeah. finds, and they basically just speak directly to Waller, like saying, "Hey, everything that happens, like this is all on you," kind of thing. Um, so and she shoots it. Destroys the device, and it looks like she's somewhere in the Caribbean, based off of the, um, yeah, it's, it's like the, the coloring it's, and the. It's the only part of the book that has like yellow and orange tones yep. in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. But yeah, sure enough, uh, Leviathan appears, you know, out of his little portal or whatever, and yeah. she's like, "I know who you are," and it begs the question: Does she? Does she? Yeah. And he says, "Bluffy bluffer, no, you don't." Um. So, and you all know I'm a big fan of the hit television show Bluffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, Never actually heard that before. <laughs> Connor's not even listening, damn it. No. I'll pay attention. He's listening to music or something like that. Ah, well. No. Um, so, she's like, oh, are you here to kill me or are you here to kidnap me? And he's like, well, it's kind of up to you and, and how she responds to whatever. But the cliffhanger, of course is that um, Superman shows up and says, are these men bothering you? So Superman's back on Earth. He is, came back from space, yep. um, and that's a big cliffhanger. I think what's interesting about this to me, now that we're three issues into this, this series, is that it's clearly just building up to kind of explain who Leviathan is and why. I don't get the feeling that the, the, the Leviathan plot is going to be over at the end of this, this story. No, because I definitely feel like whatever Leviathan ends up, I feel like this is a, a backdoor to something else. Mm-hmm. with all these pieces in place um and it feels very much like checkmate so i don't know maybe if checkmate rises back up uh to to you know go against leviathan because they realize they need their own uh but but yeah i love superman showing up there at the end and the way that that uh he draws him just oh man it looks great. Oh, that's great. Uh, so here's a question. So he says to uh, Waller, uh, Leviathan, he says, uh, we thought you were going to offer me one of your mother boxes. And I couldn't decide if he was saying that just to say that's what he'd expect her to do to try and get out of this, or he yeah. actually wants one. Like, I'm not sure what, how to take it. I I don't know why he would want a mother box when he already has this teleportation tech, it looks like. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because when he shows up, so that's another cool scene, is she's on this, you know, desolated, you know, part of town, uh, wherever she's at, and it's all yellow and orange, 
and then there's this flash of blue, right? And he's just there. And then as he's talking, the rest, you know, you have Leviathan troops just come up. Uh, and it looks real cool. So uh, I don't know. I, I would say it was definitely more the first. Sure. Why would you want a mother box? You, I mean, could add to the mystery. I mean, who knows what he's talk, you know, yeah. cooking up. Um, but no, uh, the, the issue flowed as well as any of the previous ones have. It was such a quick read for me. Um, it feels like it's really poking at who this is because it says something. What does War say to say to him when she says she knows who who he is? Um, she says, "I know yeah. you're a con artist." Uh huh. That's I'm trying to piece. Yeah, like who who who's this con artist? Yeah. Because uh, I was thinking that it's Roy, but Roy's not really a con artist. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, I so. this is definitely going to be someone we know, and it's probably going to end up being someone we think of as a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, which, which again, once we know that they were teleporting them out and they weren't like just murdering senseless people and acts of bombings and whatnot, uh, then yeah, it, it definitely seems more about almost leveling the playing field, you know? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I um, it's, a, it's a good mystery because I don't think I haven't figured it out as much as I did. I'm trying to think of like any people who Batman's fought over the years where they always want to like go one step further than him. Like you don't do enough Batman to like change things kind of thing. Because like, there's been several of those plots over over the over the decades. So I'm just I'm just trying to think of any of those characters stick out to me as oh, oh that that could be Leviathan because that's kind of yeah. what, their, what their attitude is. Remember what Anarchy was doing in Detective by like, oh, trying to create yeah. that society? It's almost reminiscent of that. I'll be surprised if it's anarchy because it feels too small. Yeah. Small, you know, small fish. But you but... just when you said when you brought up like you you don't go far enough. That was that was kind of anarchy's whole mo to Batman. You know, you want too much control. Yeah. So... Um, I'm intrigued though. I'm definitely yeah. intrigued, and I'm still into the mystery. And uh, the art is gorgeous. The the banter between the characters as they're just kind of like mm-hmm. in the Fortress of Solitude was mostly really entertaining. Um, yep. only one or two little jokes felt like maybe a little in the touch forced so um, yeah I can't, I can't really fault too much no. so uh, how are you how are you rating this one I'm going to give this one 8.5 yeah I'm going to agree with that 8.5 I, I don't think I can quite call it amazing but it is so solid and so yeah. effortless I, I had to go back through it this morning it was the first thing I read and uh, you know so I didn't I mean not that it didn't make an impact on me but there were little parts of it that I needed to revisit it didn't stick out like some of the other issues thus far, the first two. I think, you know, Bendis has this thing that some people don't like where it feels like um, it's a little too decompressed. But mm-hmm. I quite like that, but it, it does give some issues like this kind of without their big moment where, oh. you know. Yeah, and, and again, I stress to people, it's not an event. It's just called Event Leviathan. Mm. So this is a nice little mystery book because nothing else is really tying into it except for maybe action, right? Um. I don't see anywhere else. There's no bat books tying into this. Yeah. So. I wonder if it is leading to something bigger, though, if there is going to be a bigger event that eventually oh, I, comes I, from this. I would hope so. That's what Bendis does, is he starts sowing seeds, and then in a year from now, he'll have a massive crossover between all of the books he's writing. So. Yeah. Uh, I actually want to mention something before we move on to the next book. Uh, in the back of the books this this uh, week, there's a, a, there's a Legion kind of like, you know, yeah. preview pages, or not even preview, just like, you know. I, I believe they're only in the digital editions. Only the digital editions. Well, there's a typo 
in uh, their release schedule because it says, oh, you want to get ready for Legion? You know, read these books. It's the next few issues of Superman and the two Millennium issues and then issue one of Legion of Superheroes, right? So it says Superman 14 on sale, uh, you know, 14th August. Superman 15 on sale, 11th of September. Superman issue 6 on sale, 9th of October. And it's so, so obvious because it's, they're, they're just in a list, so you can just immediately see that yeah. one's shorter than the others. You're like, well, issue just, six? What? Yeah. So what we were doing that, I was actually just reading an article to do with the Legion stuff. Um, yep. Apparently, the timeline has changed because when this yeah. was all announced, it was all 32nd century instead of 31st, right. and everyone was weirded out by it. And then this solicit's come out, and it's just back to the 31st, and no one's mentioned it. Oh. Uh, yeah, it seems to be one of those weird changes that, you know, it's just been brushed under the rug that that was ever a thing. Hmm. Uh, so, I don't know what's going on there. Just, just, you know, I was just reading it there. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so that uh, is Event Leviathan, which will take us on to Wonder Woman issue 76. G. Willow Wilson writing with Lee Garbutt on the art. And this is our first issue of the new... I mean, I'd almost call this... Uh, a transitionary issue because it feels like it's wrapping up some yeah. stuff in the previous I, arc. I think, given the fact that it's even got a guest artist, I would definitely call it just you know in the middle. Yeah, uh, but it does set up some stuff at the end for the new arc and what we're going to be dealing with, which is of course Cheetah, which was teased, and um, essentially the main bulk of this is uh, you know Diana's back in Themyscira. We've got a, a, a permanent connection, at least for now, mm-hmm. uh, between Themyscira and the real world that they can travel back and forth from. So Diana mm-hmm. can come and go if she pleases. It's, yeah, it's pretty unstable, so they need to have her test it first. Yeah, uh, uh, Maggie, like... Maggie's training to be uh, sorry, staying to be trained is what I was yeah. trying to say there. Um, which, which I do like now that they're gonna. Oh, hopefully, this becomes a, a plot point where they send out amazonians to to find worthy you know like prospect amazonians you know yeah they like, they mentioned that oh you know you know with the with the portal open you know we may need mortal women among our ranks so yeah. there's probably going to be more yeah yeah uh, we actually get to see Steve again, and he talks about how it's been so long since he's seen Diana. And it's actually kind of a neat trick here, where it does feel like it's been a while since we've seen Steve. It feels like, yeah. you know, yeah, he has been missing for like an arc. You know, it's it's been, yeah. been been a while. Um, and Aphrodite's still there with him. Uh, but of course, they you know Diana returns and they have the reunion. But the big big emotional clutch of this this issue is that Diana's first port of call after this. She's like, no, I'm going to stay with you, Steve. I have to go do something. And it's does she has to go and get Veronica Kale? And bring Veronica Kale to her daughter, and let Veronica bring her daughter home. And this this stuff was really good because it, it obviously it's paying off a lot of what Rucka did in his run, yep. uh, first and foremost. But it's this thing where Veronica hates Diana so much, is ready to shoot her. She's she's you know, and then she's told about her daughter, and she just drops the gun and breaks down in tears. Uh, it's a really good scene. Yeah, as Matt uh, yeah. I, I got a good chuckle as well, uh, in in a good way here. Where you know, Kale's like, "Oh, you're you're still my enemy when all this is over," and I was like, "Oh, you're still my enemy now." Yeah, just kind of like, "Yeah, don't mm-hmm. worry, we're still enemies." Yeah, it'll make you feel better. Yeah, and sure enough, she brings her back, and we get the big hug, and yeah, so that's neat. And the big cliffhanger, of course, is uh, Cheetah showing up uh, with Aphrodite and pulls out that sword she's had from uh, all the Justice League stuff, the God Slayer uh, sword, God Killer sword, yeah. and. Yeah stabs her uh and yeah see- i didn't like that because i liked aphrodite yeah similarly kills her. <laughs> i thought yeah. that scene with with steve was real good but that, that 
him basically talking about his love of Diana with the goddess of love, right? And yeah. it's like, oh, he really means it. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I was uh, like, oh, she's going to be a fun supporting cast member here. Like, <laughs> how does she play it's... in? It's really interesting how Atlantiades has kind of replaced Aphrodite here now. Uh, yeah. You may have to take over her role a bit more directly. Yeah, because because uh, they even mentioned that that she's like the goddess of unions and yeah, you know other things. It's worth, it's worth mentioning. Uh, they did say they're going to fix the town that was messed yeah. up from all the yeah. all the influence. Uh, I love this final page though. Uh, Cheetah mm-hmm. grinning like a mad person, holding the sword with blood, and, ju- and just sort of mouthing to herself, "God killer, God killer." Yeah, I'm into it. I-, I like the idea that the swords influencing are making her more crazy, and that's why she's this this kind of deranged uh, right now. This this was a, a great issue that is a really subtle issue for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of it is just these convers. You know, it's a series of conversations, um, but all of them are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the ending's super hype for the next arc, and I think uh, everything with Kale getting her daughter back is is, is great. So uh, it was played out a lot of beasts we were expecting them to play out, but you know, mm. it, there's beasts we wanted them to play out, and they were all executed well enough. The art's fairly solid. Um, obviously, this book is often spoiled by some f- you know phenomenal <laughs> art, but yeah. uh, Garbit's solid, and I think uh, Garbit. Yeah, Garbit fits in there yeah, really personally, well. Personally, I think he holds up uh, amongst some of the better ones that we've had. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, not, not as good as Armanico, I would say. Uh, but really, so I, I think his Cheetah looks really good here at the end, yeah. especially. Yeah. I love his characters look really good. I, I personally I think I prefer him over Armanico. Like that, that page where uh, Diana and Steve are reunited, you know, it's the full yeah. page. I thought mm-hmm. that, that page is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, one of the things I like about the Themyscira, there's a lot of purples in the, like the sky's yeah. purple, the the even the the mountain behind them, the cliffs are kind of purpley. You know, they're really playing with the purples for this kind of like magical nighttime kind of setting. Cool. Got going. And they are they they do use the purple ray, you know, mm. like to to heal and whatnot. So yeah. But it's a subtle touch that when you go to uh, Aphrodite in in the apartment, she's she's got purple. Uh, pillows on her couch just a really subtle little mm. uh, link between yeah. the sort of the magical world and the real world which i kind of like um so i went back and wanted to read that thing now about the about atlatiades mm-hmm. um but yeah it says that she's the you know uh child of hermes and aphrodite demigod of desire and union and beauty unofficially um and there's like there's almost like this little heat between um steve and her or them, I should say. Yeah, them. So not she. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh no, there definitely is because yeah, they're like ah oh, yeah, it'll wear off in a couple so, of days. Don't worry about it. Well, no, what I mean by heat is is like sh- I mean she calls him an idiot. Um. Or, yeah, oh, man, I just did it again. But uh, like, what's going on there? Are they seeding something for later? Like, I think it's are they I think jealous it's- of Steve? It could like, just be a little joke here about how this is the first time he's he's met met them, and uh, you know, it, it, it could be nothing that we even return to. It could just be a little I, joke. I think it's more just the normality that Steve actually is huh. kind of catches people off guard. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I, I wasn't. That was a, a weird moment. I thought, and now they're going to be the the god of love. So I think that. I mean, that's pretty cool. That. He's like, 
not that he's unfazed, but he's almost taken back mm. by this this person with wings, right? Because every time I think he's met a god, it's so normal. But Aphrodite looks normal in comparison. Yeah. You know, she just looks like a person, whereas right. Ares has, has these giant wings. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, that was always one of my favorite things from the Azarello run is how different the gods looked. You oh, know? I loved the Hades like, design. Yeah, the Hades design, and then Poseidon just looked like a sea creature. Yeah, uh, Apollo and uh, and um, I, I like the idea that that still kind of tracks here. That those are like their true forms, and this is just yeah. how they interact with the with the world. Yeah, want to be more accessible. So I was just trying to find more meaning in, in his reaction there, just because he's seems kind of seen it all, you know, at this point. Um, and what was he fighting there when he was talking to Aphrodite? Some kind of, are these creatures that have crossed over too? I guess. You know, yeah, like, random, like the mythic. Yeah. yeah, I assume so. Random mythical monsters. I was just... <laughs> he seems pretty capable. Yeah. So He's had some practice. Yeah. He's doing. Uh, bells for Aphrodite. That was... She was really growing on me. As the goddess of love. Thought she'd be like the dead mother here. With this new supporting cast, and she just got to show up. That said, when given a god killer sword, someone had to go. Yeah, it would have felt cheap if no one did. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, we may even see some more gods go. Uh, who knows? But it's all a solid issue. Um, and hopefully, Wilson's not leaving the book given those two Orlando or that Orlando I, arc that we're getting. I, I really hope not. Yeah. That would be a real shame. So. Um, interestingly though, November that would mean it would Orlando's arc would end either in January or February. If, if January goes to single shipping, like we're kind of expecting, which we're assuming it is, yeah, it wouldn't, it, yeah, we wouldn't be back with Wilson till March. Post Orlando till March. Yeah, so we'll see oh, how that Jesus. goes. But hey, uh, what are you rating this, Matt? I'm gonna give it an eight. Connor, really enjoyed this one. Uh, I'm gonna go an eight point five. I'm gonna give it an eight as well. So. Uh, really solid. Uh, which will take us on to The Flash, issue 76. Joshua Williamson writing with Rafa Sandoval on art. And obviously this was a curious issue given how down we were on uh, Flash Year One, seeing what they were going to do next with this and see if it kind of alleviated their fears of the, the book being kind of a, in a rough place. Uh, so the gist of this is basically the rogues are causing some chaos um, we see Wallace and Avery running around mm. trying to deal with it and Barry sort of eventually shows up to help and he's trying to patch things up given how he's left things with Wallace and Wallace is still kind of an angry little shit at times and yep. uh, no iris in this issue but he essentially wants to try and build a bridge with them and shows that he's rebuilt the Flash Museum including a secret hidden uh, speed lab I think uh, Commander Cold called it yeah, he did, which, yes. which I like that you have to get into it by going to the Flash you have, you have to phase through the, the, through the portrait yeah. Yeah. which how did Cold get in there I have to imagine there's a Barry regular just phased him in. I have to yeah. imagine there's a regular entance for the non-speedsters mm-hmm. who are allowed in there because yeah. also uh, what's his name's in there Steadfast. To be fair, that in the background when we're in there is that a teleporter? Like a uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe it connects up to the yeah. you know, to, to the Hall of Justice. But I just I like that uh, the whole idea of speed lab. And he goes, "You got a bat cave?" It's like, no, it's not a cave. It's a speed lab. But it's essentially Barry's bat cave now. Yeah. Yeah, but it has sunlight. Yeah. This is true. But, but we're saying that cave not as actual cave but as no no I know I just, I just want to be clear that yeah. the ba- Barry has sunlight yeah. un- unlike Bruce 
Sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that, this is true. Uh, so yeah, because early on there, uh, the kids are fighting the tar pit and uh, girder, uh, <laughs> and uh, Barry phases them together basically, which I thought was pretty great. You had to use uh, basically make them fight each other, and then tar pit melts the the metal uh, of girder, and they get stuck together. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, I will say, um, I think the last time Sandoval was doing a, a flash shark, I think we had a lot of. Lot of issues with with uh, how his Barry looked. And his well, Barry oh, is it. jacked. His his Barry is ugly as shit. Yeah. yeah. Um. I I don't think it's as bad as that last time. Oh, I no. don't know. I I I'd forgotten. I don't think I'd really noticed it was Sandoval at first. So I got through two pages, and then you get the big full page where Barry comes in and grabs them, and mm. I went, ugh, just immediately. Oh, I like that page. Oh no! Look at him. Look at he's got the a big one? fat face. <laughs> No, I have more of a problem with the next page up on the upper right corner. Oh, yeah, that's terrible as well. Like, he's trying to wink, but he looks like someone that's never done it before. It's almost like Rocket and Guardians. It's when Pete tries to wink. Yeah. Because Pete can't. Yes, I can't wink. This is true. Um, Yeah, I think that full page spread is fine, actually. I'm I'm with Matt in this. Yeah, that that one doesn't bother me. Um, But there's there's other stuff, like... Barry's just got a thick neck. Like, John (laughs) Cena-esque. You know, like he doesn't have a runner's body. I, I think the other uh, no. spread—it's not. I mean, it's not quite a full page spread. There's a couple of panels at the bottom, but the, the other big sp- page where he's running with them behind them, uh, I also yeah. think looks fine. Um, yeah. you know, Again, bit, I, I think Barry's way too huge, and it, I think it looks ugly for Barry to, to be like that. Where he, he's, he's always he like traditionally he's, he's a lot slimmer. He's a bit yeah, bulky, he looks but... like he's wearing football pads. Like he looks yeah. like he should be playing linebacker for Central City's. It's, you know, if you told me that was. If you if you you know change the you know, the costume obviously and just you know, added added some hair on and told me it was meant to be Clark, yeah, sure I could buy it as Barry. I think it's ugly. Um, I don't think that page is ugly. I th- I think there's a, a lot of the smaller panels we are seeing more of his full shape suffer a lot more from from a weird body proportion. Uh, mm. the thick neck as as Matt pointed out. Um, we get to see uh heat wave uh, causing chaos yeah. and almost getting done him by the cops, but Captain Cole shows up to save him, who's got a new outfit and new tech. Uh, he yeah. almost looks like he's got his ice powers back from New 52, but as he points out, this is just the tech that Luther gave him. He's uh, just got ice gauntlets now. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's got like, a, a, he's got like a black hood kind so, of vibe. So I'm, thanks I'm to, to Legends, I now read this in the voices <laughs> of, of Mick and, and Len. I mean, I, I, I will give you Mick's voice because he sounds quite good as Heatwave. I don't think I ever yeah. want to hear uh, the other dude's voice for Captain Cold. I don't, but uh, unfortunately, that's where it goes. No, I, it's... I'm, it's not like it's not the voice I choose, but it's no. kind of it's the only one we've really got. Mm. Yeah, so it's kind well, of well, it's just like with, brain with right Joker, now. it alternates on on Heath Ledger and Mark Hamill, depending on the context. It's uh, weird. Depending on the tone. Um, yeah, yeah. Batman's always Conroy though. And I even told him that, and it kind of weirded him out. But, um, but yeah. You can't be the only person who's told Kevin Conroy that they hear his voice when they're reading the comics. It was the way in which I did it. <laughs> you don't want to, you that probably bully. don't want to hear, I hear you in my head every time I read Batman. Like, did you have like a rose in your mouth as you said this, and like a bottle of champagne no, in your hand? And, <laughs> no, but you know, when you're meeting a legend, like an actual legend, um, like he's he's a whole generation's Batman. Um, Heatwave gets a giant flame cannon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, sure, he's gonna have to. Yeah, it looks like a Nerf gun, but that shoots fire. It looks cool. You know, like this big, overly done flamethrower. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm happy to see those two back together. Oh yeah, sure, for sure. And then at the end of the issue, Black Flash uh, appears and of course they, they set up for the kids to, to explain who this is. Neat way of giving the exposition because not everyone might know who Black Flash is or why he shows yeah. up. Expect I, did, him... I did laugh at, you know, Barry's like, oh, normally I didn't play science or clever use of my powers right. and then just punches it in the face. Like, yeah, yeah. I also, because of the Flash show now too, I was like, oh, which one of these is a time remnant? Because <laughs> that's what this means. Yeah, because uh, so, yeah, it's basically, okay, so someone's going to die then, that's why he's here. Uh, but yeah. the twist is is that it's not, not in the speedsters, it's actually no. steadfast that Black Flash well, is after. And, and they point out earlier in the speed lab that Wallace has noticed he's gotten a little bit slower, not by much, but noticeable. And Barry's like, yeah, I think the speed force is dying because of these other forces have been unleashed. Yeah, they're all noticing it that. kind of made the yeah. speed force unstable. So now... Uh, it looks like Black Flash is almost coming up as a representative yeah, of the Speed Force yeah, to take the, out the other ones. At the end, it's not that Black Flash is here because he was going to die anyway. He is here because he wants yeah. to save the Speed Force and he's killing the other Force users to, to yeah. try and I, save I it. I just want to say, I could not take this last page seriously. No. Because I read that final page in Cicada's voice. Cicada's <laughs> voice? Yeah, it's you know because he says, new forces must die. And it was the same cadence. So, uh, <laughs> new forces will die. Yeah, it, I, it was the same cadence, <sighs> and it just—I couldn't help but, re- but read it like that. You know what's sad about that is the Cicada arc in John's Flash is one of my favorite arcs, just for what it is. You know, it, it's completely uh, different from anything uh, no, Chris, we had up to that point. Chris, and the show just completely killed Cicada. Chris Klein's right. stupid face and uh, I think voice. His stupid voice is worse than a stupid face. No, because yeah. it's, it's a combination. Because he always does this thing where he's like, <sighs> it, it does. But I could not look at the screen and hear that voice, <laughs> and it would still be ruined. You're telling me the guy that's basically only been in American Pie movies, you know, isn't that it, good? Yeah, didn't didn't know what to do with his face as a villain. He was also in the second Street Fighter movie. There was a second Street Fighter movie? Yeah, it started started uh, Kristen Crook, Lana Lang herself. Oh, The Legend of Chun-Li. Yeah. That's right. He was like, a detective in that. There's actually a supercut on YouTube of just his lines, and he's terrible. Like It's just every line he has in the movie in the space of about 90 seconds. Oh, next time I'm drunk. <laughs> Cause he, cause he's Which doing, will be in 15 minutes. He's so. doing the, Screw you, I've had like... Because he's doing the gruff detective thing where he's, he's showing up and he's like, oh, we got a double homicide. And things like that. He's, I don't he's... know how bad that movie was. Oh, dear. I never saw it, but i just seen these cl- those clips. <sighs> what, did, what did I see? Someone put Raul Julia in another movie. They put his lines over something from Street Fighter. I'm going to have to find this now. In a, in a recent movie. And apparently made it better. I'm trying to remember what it was, though. Well, Raul Julia was a great actor, so, I mean, yeah. I mean... Yeah, yeah, well, he's the best part of that Street Fighter movie, of the original one. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. So, yeah, what did we think of The Flash, though? Because we were all really down on the last arc. How uh, did we feel about this, this issue? I'm feeling fatigue, and I, and I like Williamson a lot. I'm just... I, I'm feeling fatigued on this, this storyline. Like... Yeah, I've never been super hot on the forces in general, like all of them. You know, I think me and I've been on record as thinking it's a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, Speed Force is dying. It's, it's hard to care because it'll be sorted by the end of the arc, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Oh, so that, that's why I'm so excited for for Batman Superman is because it's it's different, something fresh he's, from him. Yeah, like it. He's been on Flash for so long that, that yeah. this just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like this issue more than Year One. Like, I definitely like it more than well, that's like all that stuff. Would you rather be slapped in the face or hit with a sledgehammer? I like, think that's a bit harsh, though. I don't think this issue is bad enough to be compared no, but to. But I don't think it's a very good issue either. I think it's it's okay. I think but it's, I don't say, like the art, but for how much we didn't like year one, that was more of a, a, a critique on year one. That to say it wasn't as bad as year one, well, it's like, oh yeah, there's very little from this flash. Okay, yeah, but bad. the point I make is, I don't think it's a bad issue either, though. Like, I think it's a fine no, issue. It's... It's, it's, it's not. It's, it's not a great issue. It's, it's not like setting my no. world on fire. But I like the cold and heatwave stuff. I like him setting up his lab in the, the museum. And I did kind of like Black Flash showing up because I, mean, I think the interesting idea of this is that Black Flash wants to kill the other speed force, the other forces. I'm not a fan of the other forces either. I do think it is too much. But <laughs> we're rooting for the Black Flash. We're rooting for, rooting for the Black like, Flash. Yeah. 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 So what um, I will say as well is, Year One only went on what three months. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know when this the start of this issue is referencing all the things that happened in you know the the handful of issues before that, and every single time I'm like, oh yeah, that's where we were before year one. I'd forgotten mm-hmm. like kind of all of these these beats because it's been so, it feels like it's been so long, even though it's only been three months. It's been six issues. Um, yeah, like, oh. this is a book that'll definitely I think benefit from if Williamson stays on it from being single shipping, because I feel like he's just filling the the double shipping schedule. At this point, so a lot of we're getting a lot of decompressed. Yeah, I, I really hope he adjusts to single shipping and doesn't just carry on oh, what he's doing. Have Have you read his Nailbiter? I have not. Nailbiter is really well handled. Where it was, it was a monthly mystery book, and there was really well built cliffhangers. Granted, I read it in trade, so I could just go to the next one. Yeah, but um, it's handled extremely well there. So I feel that he's got it in him. Uh, for for Flash at least, yeah, um, yeah. And this was a bad issue. It just wasn't, you know. It, it, for me, this was just an all typical Williamson issue, which uh, is fine. Um, yeah. But uh, year one was was terrible. What, what, what I think is telling about that sentence, though, is a year ago, a typical Williamson Flash issue would have been a good issue. Like you'd have been yeah. like, oh yeah, this was real good, and now you go, oh yeah, it's fine. I think that's that's a big difference uh, in just that that phrasing. There, well, yeah, but this time last year it was like right after Flashmore or whatever, right? Like we had Flashmore, we had the Gorilla Arc before that. Right, right. But I'm just saying, you know, a typical Williamson Flash issue is what you just said. He goes, "Oh, it's fine." That to me is quite disappointing to just say well, that when a year ago. No. Well, yeah, but a typical Williamson Flash issue is much better than the standard that's just been reset by year one, which was this this gutter. But no, we quality. we always say that this is the most consistent DC book since Rebirth. And consistent at this point is, yeah, it's fine. I mean, there's been ups and downs. Uh, like, the lowest point, I feel, is, is year one. But, you know, yeah. the, the Gorilla Grodd stuff was fantastic. Now that, that was up there. You know, when he introduced Avery, was up there. Like, so, yeah, I don't, I think typical Williamson is, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So. Um, and there was always just fine issues in between those those big things before. That's what this issue yeah. feels like to me. It just feels like one of them, which we did have this entire run. You know, this is, just reminds me of stuff that we had before that Gorilla arc or after Flashmore. Sure, but I, 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 
I don't feel like this was as good as some of those other issues. Like, like you say, you know, this was just okay. Whereas those other ones, I was yeah, right. but, yeah, no, this was still a good issue. Whereas I, I don't know, I'm willing to say this was good. Yeah, those reminded me that we did the dark speed force thing, which I'm sure that'll rear rear back up. On the negative speed force, um, yeah. the negative speed force. I don't, um, I don't, I don't think, I think the comparison here is weird because I'm saying it's a typical Williamson issue. I'm not comparing it to the best of the stuff that we really liked yeah. last year. I'm comparing it to the stuff in between that good stuff where we were just like, this is fine. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with Pete. I just think like typical Williamson is just good. Like it's, it's a yeah. good read. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking about spent money on it. Yeah, you know, I'm talking about the issues you know? where he was chasing Trickster, you know, a few months ago yeah. or, or whatever. Like, yeah, those issues were fine. This is also fine. Like, no, I, I get what you say. I just, I think for me, this issue isn't as good as some of those, some of those issues that we had. You know, probably, you know, like the, those issues before issue fifty or so. You know, when we had, okay, we had these issues kind of here or there. Those I would have said were still, even those, you know, those uh, in between the the big arcs, I liked more than I did this. Okay. Connor is determined to be negative as possible, so he's he's achi- just... he's achieved negativity. <laughs> we can move on. Yeah. Matt, what would you like to rate the Flash? Uh, I'm gonna give seven point five because it's just good enough. Connor, I'm giving it a six. I'm giving it a seven. I, I think it was good. It was fine. It wasn't wasn't great, um, but it was much better than the last arc. So. Um, I love how Matt said more negative than I did, but it gave it a higher rating. Just, yeah, <laughs> but that's Matt. I want to point that out. <laughs> That'll take us on to Batman and the Outsiders, issue four. Brian Edward Hill writing with Dexter Soy on the art. And this was kind of a, a downbeat issue where the team was kind of just recuperating and sort of planning their next move um, with some character beats between various pairs of characters. Wales Razal Ghul takes Sophia and turns her into uh, one of his deadly warriors um who gets a new name at the end whose name i cannot remember off the top of my head i'll check yeah. right now uh yeah. what's your thoughts matt yeah i think i'm done with this book at this point i might read better in trade um although i do love the black lightning and and uh katana stuff here i just i don't want to say that i i wasn't looking forward to it but i'm just I don't know. It just didn't resonate, I guess, this time around. Might it be all the Duke stuff, too, which I just don't care about. Um, yeah, I get that. Uh, Babylon is the, the name, s- by the way. Babylon, there with you go. Babylon, yeah. And then just the intercutting here with, with that, with making her one of the new assassins, you know, the special group. I just... You know. Do you know what I think was my biggest gripe with this issue, and and this is this is particularly petty. I will I will admit. Oh, here we go. Uh, it's uh, Black Lightning always calling it Cassie, not Cass. Yeah. That felt really weird to me, because she's not Cassie. No, Cassie is Wonder Girl. Cass yeah. is Batgirl. Exactly, well, and orphan. and I think it's particularly with other characters are calling the Cass in this issue. It's just him that's insisting on Cassie. Wait, like he wait, doesn't... Yeah, but that's not that weird. People do that in real life all the time. Like you, you've never had some one person who just uses like just has one pet nickname for someone that no one else uses. No, sure, but I I feel like he he doesn't know her well enough to have a pet nickname. This is I I assume it's to supposed be, to be him getting it wrong that he doesn't know be, better. To be fair, he is a teacher. So is, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. you know, I'm sure he just went into teacher mode and I, went, oh, well, it's Cassandra, I'm going to call her Cassie. As, and as, she's not going to correct him. As I have went through life, there's been certain people who will always call me Pete or PT or um, or Peter or Pete whatever. Boy. Like, 
I, I have had so many variations and it's always consistent. Like who, whoever decides to call me one, one of those will always stick to that one. Um, no, no, I get that. I get that. But, but typically pe- people will often ask you, ask you if you have a, a preference, right? Like, uh, no one's ever asked me that in my entire life. Well, a lot of people will. Like if, if are you a Matt or are you a Matthew? You know, are, are you a, yeah. an, an, an Oliver or an Oliver? trouble, you know? Yeah, mm. uh, and that is a t- a typically it's things people will ask, especially you know it, it, you know teachers will often ask that sort of question. Um, and so this this feels particularly weird to me, given that everyone calls her Cass, no one else calls her Cassie, and he's just kind of decided to call her Cassie. It feels like, it feels really weird to me. That feels normal to me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I would happily do this until I until I'm asked to do otherwise. I will happily just go with whatever I feel. No, right. I get that, but she's not the person to, to who who is going to correct you because she, she doesn't talk enough to do. Hence that. why he's never yeah. stopped. <laughs> Someone else could so, stop. So Duke is definitely matter, messing this up, right? What's that? Duke is definitely messing this mission up, right? Because oh, oh, sure. yeah. they make a big deal that he's gonna not be there because. Mentally, he's not ready for something like this. Um, well, I, I don't think I, just he, feel... I don't think he's actually technically supposed to be going because having having uh, no. uh, uh, else is staying behind. behind. Cass, Cass is staying behind. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe maybe they go rogue and, and they go in anyway because they want yeah. to prove themselves. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and the one guy, the the Caliber, not Cable. Caliber. Yeah, Caliber. All those things to Markovia, like Brian's showing up at some point. Like we're getting Geomancer. Oh sure. And that's maybe that. we'll probably jump back in. That's um, it. Uh, yeah. I, I think the art in this book a lot actually. I think the art's really yeah. Like for... soy, soy's art's good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I you know because I, I find this such an easy breezy read. Um, and I'm into most of the relationships. Yeah, I mean Duke's not really, like, I think we're all just waiting for Duke to have his story that makes us care about Duke because it's not really happened yeah. yet. Um, no. but well, uh, and we had Bluebird set up, you know, and I got really invested in Bluebird, and Blue, then uh, Blue Jay, and then Snyder. No, it was Bluebird. It's just Bluebird. Um, yeah, doesn't sound right. Yeah, I just didn't correct you. Maybe I it's could... just been that long since. It's, yeah, it's been... yeah, I should have corrected me uh, earlier. I, I don't know. I just yeah, you know, I didn't think about it till right now, but it definitely is Bluebird because a, a fan had helped name Snyder, uh, helped Snyder name her. But like I got so invested in that uh, character, and then Snyder went, "Huh, gotcha." And said, "We're gonna do this thing with Duke." Yeah, and I really just... um, I did like the stuff where Black Lightning's try to understand how the sword works, and he wants mm-hmm. to help because Katana's yep. like, "Oh, my husband's in in pain or whatever, and and the sword is in turmoil." I like the idea that he wants to try and help, even though he doesn't know anything about Japanese swords or yep. mythology or mysticism or anything. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of building up the team bonds a little bit, uh, which I quite like and uh, sets him up for this next mission. Meanwhile, uh, now titled Babylon is seemingly a killer for, for Raz. And, mm-hmm. you know, this does feel like the sort of book where they might just fail, where they might not be able to win her back over. And right. we'll get kind of a downer of an ending to the first arc. I could totally see that. Mm. Could totally see that. Um, but no, I, I'm, generally, I'm generally enjoying it. Um, I, I think I've been the most positive for most of the issues up until this point. Um but you know the art's a big thing that's helping me through it, and um, I I do think the the dialogue for most of them is actually pretty solid. I, I like whenever Bruce and Black Lightning have a conversation, um, 
most of that tends to be quite enjoyable and you know black lightning makes his quips about his rich lifestyle and all the rest of it and uh, mm. this is good so um what are you giving it matt i'm gonna give this one a 7.5 connor uh 6.5 so i'm just laughing matt's like hey i think i'm, I'm done 7.5 yeah well again if if i didn't ha- if i had supergirl and superman i probably wouldn't have read this this um, time around I'm also oh. going to go with a 7.5. It's a low-key issue. Low-key issue. Um, but I think good. I think good. Um, which will take you to on a Hogman issue 15, uh, written by Robert Venditti and art by mm. Patrick O'Leaf. So, make yourselves out. Yeah. Uh, Hawkman had his had a shadow stolen by Shadow Thief, and he's not taking it well. No, uh, he's he's been flying for like four days straight trying to yep. get to to the shade, which which made me think he's racing the sun, right? Because like he doesn't he doesn't want that shadow. And know? what I think's interesting is right now he doesn't even realize the the magnitude of what's happened. He, he doesn't no. realize he's lost his shadow. No. It's just the case of, hey, shadow thief did some shit I've never seen before. I I need help. Yep. And so who does he go to? The one guy that controls an entire an entire shadow realm, and that is the Shade, which oh, I'm always a fan of the Shade showing up. I still need to read Starman, where uh, yeah. he kind of came to to be this this character we all know now. But um, he just has this gentlemanly quality to him that I that I enjoy. He does. Um, he does. Um... And so he goes to him, and the Shade explains to Carter. Well, first he transforms him back into to Carter. Which I thought that was a pretty cool scene, but like the nth metal. I, I, I actually got a good chuckle. You know, Hawkman's there dying on the street. Yep. He's like, oh, can't have you lying in the street like this. Decent people will talk. And then he just you know, yeah. clicks the button. And you know, he's yep. back to Carter Hall, you know, Carter. archaeologist. And he's like, much yep. improved, my boy. Yeah. Again, he's, he's proper. Like, I like that, uh, yeah. a gentleman. And, uh, and so he gets him in there and he explains that, you know, your shadow is actually part of your soul. Like, yeah, we think it's just light cast against us, but the, your shadow is the closest thing to your soul that makes it outside the body. Yeah, and, and I, I love the moment where he realizes, because he goes to, you know, he, they're talking, he's got his journal, you know, they're asking for, yep. you know, help, yada, 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 the usual stuff that you'd expect here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes to give him back the journal, and it's when he, he puts his hand out, oh. and he just stops and takes it back, and he just goes, oh, bloody hell. You know, huh. he, he just sees it, it's like, there's no shadow there. What's going on? Yep. This is not good. Yep. And so he explains that Shadow Thief now, it's not just that he can, you know, he's not just this thief that would, you know, Carter goes around and, and finds these artifacts. And that's what's great about the, the you know, the dynamic between him and Shadow Thief is, you know, Carter acquires these things Indiana Jones style for the world to enjoy. And Shadow Thief breaks into those places, those museums, those collections. And steals them. Yeah. And steals them, you know. And... He's like, so, but now he's really upped it. Now he controls the shadows and he is the shadow. And again, it made me think of, of Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Dr. Facilier, you know? Yeah. I want to say, yeah, after anytime. last month's issue, obviously we yeah. were talking about that song quite a bit. Yeah. About an hour after we finished recording, Matt messaged yeah. me going, hey, look what just showed up on Shuffle. Yeah. I was like, that's so weird. Yep. So, the you know... After he explains that this is a piece of your soul, and now basically he, he stole a part of you. you through this. He will always know where you are and can just right. find you through your shadow. 
And uh, so he goes into a safe room, which is just blasted with light. You know. Yeah, it's it's uh, like light mirrors. from all sides, so it doesn't create any shadow. Except. Yeah, when, when he opens uh, his mouth to talk, it creates uh, a shadow. You know, in the on you know, the bottom of his mouth, and the shadow thief kind yeah. of comes out of his shadow. It's a fantastic. Yep. You know, it's this terrifying. shadow forming out of his mouth and choking yep. him and. You know, and and you know, Shay's like, damn it! You know, when I planned to come in here, I, I assumed I'd be alone. I never accounted for having mm-hmm. to open my mouth and creating my own shadow internally like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... No, it, it's it's uh it's great, and you know, Hawkman flips out, dist- basically destroys the room. Because well, Shade's shadow gets stolen as well. Yeah. Um. But and then again, I love how gentlemanly Shade is like. He's like, oh well, gotta go get it back. Like he has this this confidence like sure he's he's part he's, of this realm now but yeah all issues like that when uh, Holt was like oh hey uh, you're still using that cane i gave you uh, and he's like oh this old thing no no i no, i actually hate it i, I rarely use it yeah. but i couldn't get rid of it what, what, what you know you come around what if you saw i didn't have it you'd be insulted right. you can't be having that uh, <laughs> he's delightfully british like he really is he he is colin firth in uh in in the spy movie yeah. Kingsman. Shit. Kingsman, thank you. Yeah, yeah um, he really is. So, oh, man, I want Colin Firth to play this guy. Yeah, right? And okay. so he, uh, so Hawkman destroys the safe room. And yeah. I, I felt like Shade's like, yeah, you got that out of your system now? We can, yeah. uh, we can go. And so he they, takes him into the Shadow Realm, which the last time we saw that was in Flash. So it's, it's been a minute. Um, yeah, so uh, that's where, you know, at least the next chunk of this arc is going to take place. Yep. We're going into the Shadowlands to try and, you know, get their shadows back from Shadow Thief. Uh, I'm yep. digging this arc so far. It's yep, pretty good. Um, I don't think it's as standout as the first big arc was. Uh, same goes to the art. I think the art actually suits all this shadowy stuff. Yeah, it does, but I'm still not a big fan of it. Like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, no, I think but... the faces suffer at point. I think... Um, when they're in when when he's in costume, it's fine. I think when he's just Carter Hall, uh, faces do suffer a bit. Yeah. I suspect the next issue in the Shadowlands will absolutely shine. Uh, you know, with this art. Yeah. Uh, I think it. I think it really suits that. Yeah, I agree. But no, this is a fun story, and again, I like the shade. I need to. I need to get reading that Starman. Yeah, me too. Like the Robinson. Um, uh, Robinson run with Jack and, and, yeah. and them. So, um, but yeah, no, I just, I love Hawkman. Like, Venditti, it's probably my favorite thing he's ever written for DC. Yeah, it's uh, been and, such a consistent book as well. Yeah. Uh, and that said, I, I still love his, his guy in Arkillo, which they've been, um, there's these memes that have been going around Twitter of where you sit at lunch and all the group popular oh, culture yeah, together. Yeah. And they put lantern characters together. And they, they put Arkelo and Guy at a table. And, I was and you're like, like, that's mine. Yep. But I love that that's, that's a Venditti thing now. Like, yeah. that's something he did that is now I, a popular. I, I hope that endures because that is a great yeah. partnership. I hate that meme. And so, uh, yeah, you hate that meme. That meme. Because it makes you choose. No, no, no. There's two, there's two memes going around right now that I hate. There's that one. And then the other one is the thing on Twitter where they post an image or something say, who is this? Wrong answers only. None of them. That's, even, that's been going around for like two years. Yeah, but the wrong answer is only that it's, it's the, multiplied. It's yeah, like it's, it's, there's been a lot of it recently, right? Uh, 
no answer to any of those has ever been funny. None of them. Oh, there's been a couple. They're like... shit. They're all shit. <laughs> I'm saying uh, it now. They're all you're, shit. You're following the wrong people, clearly. They're all yeah. shit. I want no part of it. Um, that's it. No, I like I like the lunch table one. Uh, because the lunch table one, at least, there's enough there that you can actually d- get discussion out of it. The wrong answer only, there's no discussion. You know? I feel like my, my problem with the uh, the lunch table is the choices are never... It's, yeah. it's always there's there's one thing at every table I like. There's there's usually one or two tables that I can disregard, and yep. then every other table is pure equal. And I'm like, eh. there was there was one somebody I followed posted that had a bunch of, of bands, and I was like, I I guess I'm not in the quad because I'm not sitting at any of these tables. Yeah, so there was a bunch of stuff I didn't like. Yeah, so... it, it would be like there'd be a band I like, and then like yeah. three bands I really dislike at every table, yep. and I was like, yep, eh. yeah. So, um. Yeah. But no, I, 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 <laughs> well, I learned that was this. a long way around to go. I hope that something in, in this Hawkman run gets that kind of treatment where it becomes part of the general comics pop culture mm. of Hawkman, you know, uh, who's, who's kind of, uh, despite being around forever, doesn't really have too many stories that you're like, oh, that's the quintessential Hawkman story. No, he really doesn't. I mean, I, up so, until recently, you, you kind of just pointed the John's run, right? Yeah, right. And even then, I read that. A year and a half ago, and it doesn't really stick out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's solid, no. but it's not the yeah. best thing ever. Um, no, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, this hasn't had as many issues, but I, I think this will probably be better than that. Should yeah. it hold up? Oh, it definitely feels like Venditti has something to say when it comes to this character. So, yeah. uh, which is good. But no, this the stuff with the shade, I like. I, I mean, I say it all the time. When we get to comics and they're so interconnected and you can have that character show up like the shade to where like, again, the last time we saw him was in Flash and now he's showing up in Hawkman, it definitely yeah. feels like I, you I feel also, the connectedness. I appreciate that should you have never encountered him before, it makes mm-hmm. very clear, hey, this is a guy who deals with shadows. That's why yeah. Hawkman's come to him. It's it's always very clear in context of this issue that you don't need any external information no. for, it to, for it to work, which I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. We done? Did you read it? Yeah. No, we didn't. Yep. Great. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a yeah. seven point five. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. I really like this one. Okay. Okay. Uh, just what well, every week we see we do one of Tim's tweets. So here, to just have have this one for you. Uh, one of his jokes here. Only one cast because Krypton got cancelled this week. For the record, for everyone who's yep. unaware, Krypton got cancelled because Sci-Fi cancelled everything. Um. Only one cast member in Krypton had the foresight to see they were getting cancelled, knowing it was too late to save him and his wife. He wrote a pilot and put his son in it, <laughs> sending it out in the hopes that his son will find a new show to grow and live in. Um, the comedy of one Timmy V, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, Krypton got cancelled. That's the thing that happened. Uh, Are you excited about that? Am I excited about it? Yeah, I can't. I stopped watching it, so I guess not. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, no, we talked about this a little bit on the TV news. Uh, my thing was, should this get saved by DC Universe? Crypto? Yeah, I will. I will go back and finish season two and enjoy it. It's good. I don't have the time to to go. Oh, I'm really gonna watch this every week right now. And knowing that there's no ending now, you know, it ends on a big cliffhanger. I'm like, eh, sh- you know, whatever. Yeah, um, but if there is going to be more, I will make an effort. Yeah, there's several big cliffhangers. Um, although apparently they get a lot more fun in comic book towards the end of the season, and we we kind of opted out sort of around the midway point or just after midway. And it was still pretty good. It, I don't think it was quite as good as season one, but it was still 
good. Like it was, it was not bad TV by any means. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. I was just all like with Batman this week actually, just uh, on on the DC related media. I really like Lego Batman. All all I will say is that I'm happy that for Bane they went with a fake Tom Hardy uh, impression. <laughs> yeah. That's all I want to say. Anyway, that is out the last book of the week, uh, which I read, which is Batman Universe Issue 2 by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Nick Darrington. This is the third and fourth chapter of the Walmart special story, uh, second of six issues in this reprinted format. Um, so if you remember last time, uh, because all these Riddlers, there's someone wanting this egg, this Fabergé egg, uh, there's a mystery. Batman tracked it, to track Riddler to Amsterdam. Green Arrow showed up. Um, as the Deathstroke, and I don't really recall if there was a, I don't remember there been much of a fight with Deathstroke in the last issue, but I guess there was, or it happened between issues, because there wasn't much of a Deathstroke fight at the start of this one. Yeah, so the first, first chapter here is Batman and Green Arrow kind of bickering about Riddler, because Riddler tries to sneak off, and Green Arrow's got a lot of jokes about how, oh, this is why everyone hates your rose gallery, because of all this crap, and yada yada yada. Uh, anyway, and there's jokes and whatnot, and, um, whatever else. Um, they do get the box that the egg was in, but instead of the egg being there, it's just a Riddler card with some gas that turns Green Arrow into a bit of a psychopath. Uh, and Batman has to... I was hoping you were going to say something else. <laughs> uh, so Batman has to actually put him down. Um, and again, you get kind of... Like, there's definitely more of a pulpy sense of humour to this. Uh, because, you know, afterwards, when Green Arrow kind of like comes, comes back round, he's like, did I jump you back there? And he's like, yes, did I win? And Batman sarcastically says, of course, I feel shame. Um, you know, is 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 you know, it's got that kind of thing. Um, the cliffhanger at the end of the third chapter here, halfway through this issue, is we find out that a very sick and kind of bad-looking Vandal Savage is the one who wanted the egg in the first place. So, um, and even even Riddler doesn't know what's inside the egg. Uh, there's something in there. Uh, the second half. Uh, Batman at first looks like he's in the cave talking to Alfred, and Alfred's very sassy. This is um, like peak. I, you know, I was hearing Batman the animated series voice actor here as I as I was reading this because uh, the computer says because they're, they're looking at uh, Batman's brain to see if the the toxin affected him in any way or anything like that, and the computer says there are no sign of uh, trauma or brain damage of any kind, and then Alfred chimes in, which I want you, I won't lie to you, sir, surprise me to no end, uh, which you know. <laughs> Alfred being Alfred. That's a solid joke. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, and he's kind of just going on and on about how, uh, like, maybe you could uh, find a new, you get get away from kids, maybe get a son that you won't, you don't teach martial arts to, uh, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but it turns out he's not actually in the cave. He's actually in a VR version of the cave uh, in the Batwing because he's in his stealth suit and he's actually in Gorilla City. He's just arriving in Gorilla City because they've traced Riddler to Gorilla City, and. Batman drops in all stealth like and the gorilla's like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. It gets caught. Uh, and the leader, whose name is Namdi, because it's not like Solovar. Any names I'm no, expecting. No, Solovar's, yeah. yeah. Um, and at first he's like, you're not supposed to be here, but then he's like, oh, this Riddler dude's here. Um, you know? And you know, he's like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, okay, you've got me curious about this egg and so on and so on. All right, we'll work together. So Batman's working with the, the gorillas in Gorilla City um, and they find Riddler in, just in a room and it becomes clear that he, you know, the, the the egg device has been teleporting him around. So when Batman takes a note from, from Riddler, which is signed with the letter K, 
implying that it's from uh from clark you know from from you know from ken uh, to be more specific for the letter mm-hmm. um although batman's skeptical if it actually came from superman um when batman opens the egg it teleports him and the cliffhanger of the book is that he's in thanagar and he's surrounded by hawk hawk folk Uh-oh. so that's uh the end of the, the issue um so th- 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 honestly what i'm getting from this book now after reading two issues of it is that it's very much about just getting Batman around different parts of the DCU and having him interacting with yeah. various different types of characters. You know, it was Green Arrow, uh, or it was uh, Jenny Hex last issue, um, and then obviously we're going to Thanagar next, uh, or the, the Gorilla City in this case as well. So um, it seems to be that. And for the most part, it's just kind of a fun romp with kind of pulpy action and a sense of humour. Um, it doesn't feel like a super important story by any means. It feels like, yeah, this is just a fun little story and it won't really mean anything after it's done. Unless it takes some swerves that really surprise me as, as we go. Uh, but the art is kind of just nice and simple, which I really like. Um, and if you enjoy Bendis' dialogue, which I do, then I think you could have fun with this. Um, but again, it's not super important. Like, if you don't need anything else added to your pull list and you just want to wait for the trade, yeah, wait for the trade. The trade's fine. <laughs> the trade will do you. Yeah. You'll, you'll read the trade in an hour and have a blast with it, probably. Um, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Like, so... Yeah. Bat- Batman and Green Arrow bantering and Green Arrow, like, complaining about his rogues gallery uh, in particular mm-hmm. uh, was cracking me up. Um, That's why nobody likes you. Yeah, because they get they get out of the building they're in Amsterdam and there's just like question marks mm-hmm. all over the alleyways. Like this is why everyone hates your stupid rogues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all this crap. Uh, so I'm having fun though. Um, so I I I will be checking out issue three and uh, go from there. As for ratings, um, yes, yeah, this, this was a blab. I'm gonna give it an eight. I had, I had fun with this. So, mm-hmm. um, there you go. Uh, that is the books. Which takes us on to the section of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week. Our favourite uh, panel slash moment, our favourite art, favourite cover, uh, top five books. Which, and I think in all cases, uh, we had exactly five books. Or no, I only had four. Oh, Carr had four. So yeah. he's, he's ranking four. Uh, me and Matt will be ranking the five. Uh, so, uh, best panel slash moment, Matt? Um, it's only from Wonder Woman, but I have to decide which one I want. Um, if I want the Steve reunion or if I want the... It's gonna be no. Nah, it's gonna be from her and Veronica, where she says it's time to put away her grief, you know, because Veronica's you know allowing herself to be vulnerable and you know uh, towards the person she hates the most, and it ends with her, her grabbing uh, Diana's hand. So that was pretty well handled, I thought. Yeah, solid, Connor. Yeah, mine's also from Wonder Woman. I'm also debating between two different ones. Um... Again, like I said, one of them's the Steve page. Um, I think I'll go with the one instead that that that, um, that made me laugh in a, in, a, in a nice way. Where you know she said, "Oh yeah, we're, we're still enemies now." Uh, mm-hmm. Trying to trying to make you feel better with, by saying they're still enemies. They got me good. Yeah, I'm actually I I'm tempted by Wonder Woman. I I really like that final page with she and the sword. Um, but I think I might actually go with Event Leviathan and go. Uh, with Green Arrow just sort of saying to himself that Batman's going to blame him for uh, yeah. knocking him out of the sky when Red Hood de- redirected his arrow. Um, that's really He's just going to blame me for this. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good Batman Green Arrow interaction for me this week. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of it. Uh, best cover of the week, uh, Connor. Oh, I've got it narrowed down to two. Uh, it's mm-hmm. either the Hawkman variant or the Wonder Woman variant. Um, both are pretty great. 
I'll give it to the Hawk one just just to the sake of being a little bit different because I always give it to the one on one variants. Yeah, that's fair. Um, is there a rule for us like uh, doing covers for books we didn't read? Because yes, yes, there is. Yeah. If it wasn't on the show. We haven't we can't do talked it. about it. All right, all right. Well, okay. I just want to point out though that the Catwoman variant is a uh, the animated series Catwoman is really nice uh, by Stanley Lowe. Uh, yeah, that's just Art Jam, right? They've, it is, yeah. They've just, yeah. Put, they've just put his regular name for some reason. They're using his, his proper name. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's just Art Jam, yeah. yeah. That's a great right. cover, but it's been the longest time. The amount of time. Okay, okay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I want to point yeah. it out. Uh, in that case, out of the things I read. Um, it, it doesn't have to be you, what you read. You, I mean, you could choose the Hawkman one, yeah. theoretically. It's, you know, as long as it was on the show. Okay, okay. I mean, it probably is that, that Hawkman variant then, because that, uh, well, and, and Hayek Lee, uh, yeah, is very pretty. Uh, so I'm going to go with that, because I don't know if I had the covers for, I mean, Leviathan's covers were solid, because it was, it was Maleev's, you know, cover, but, yeah, uh, pretty regular cover for Maleev, but right? it was a pretty normal one, yeah, so, yeah, I'll say that. Uh, Matt, you still got yours? I'm, I'm trying to get them to load, so I can look at the variants, <laughs> but my computer was acting up, yeah. so... Uh, just while, while we're waiting for Matt, I will say I do quite like the uh, the Batman the Outsiders variant by uh, by Yannin. It's, it's quite nice, um, you know, just just for the sake of mentioning it. Yeah. And look at that one. Yeah, that one's really good too. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with Wonder Woman. It's hard to hard to pick yeah. against the the version. Cool. Can't argue with it. Um, all right, so that takes out the best art. Then um, I will jump in here and. You know, Soy's really good on Outsiders, but I have to go with a Leviathan. I have to go with Maleev because Maleev. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so easy peasy. Yeah, came down to Garbit and Maleev, and I think Maleev just edges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I I didn't read that, yeah. but yeah. Garbit. I, I love Garbit anyway, so I'm I'm mm-hmm. quite happy with that decision. All right, well that is like a top five of the week then, Matt. Tell us about it. So, number one's Event Leviathan, number two is Wonder Woman, number three is Hawkman, number four is Flash, number five is Batman and the Outsiders. Connor? Uh, Wonder Woman, Hawkman, Batman the Outsiders, Flash, I guess. Uh, for me, it's number one, Event Leviathan, number two, Wonder Woman, number three... Batman Universe, number four, Batman The Outsiders, and then number five, Flash. There you go. Easy peasy. Um, so, yeah, that uh, wraps up the regular part of the show this week. Although I did ask on Twitter this week uh, for, for the people. Oh, he did. Favorites. He did. Quite late, admittedly. Quite late, yeah. yeah. I did do it late. So, I mean, there's not a ton of responses because I did it, like, super last minute. But uh, worth mentioning. Uh, so, at Ryan uh, Fally, or Faley, uh, if I'm mispronouncing your name there. Um, might just be Fail, actually. But... Uh, Definitely Superman. Oh, wait, no. Uh, no Superman. I honestly only read Event Leviathan this week. It was pretty great, though. So, um, only By got, default. <laughs> only, only one Bendis issue instead of the, the two or three yeah. that you may have had. Uh, as I said, only had three DC books this week. Wonder Woman was probably the best. Um, yeah, it was really good. Um, at Carve underscore Nelson. Flash, nice rebound after year one. May have a hard time uh, fighting McConnor on that one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah so yeah I will try and remember to ask you guys early enough next week to actually give you time to respond but uh, thank you very much for uh, doing that that's at DC Comics Podcast or Twitter if you want to follow us on there 
Uh, and of course, next week we do want questions, which you can send to that Twitter. I will ask on the Twitter, of course, as well, but you can just send them to that Twitter. Or you can email us longer vers- longer questions, or if it's just easier to email, you can do that at yeah. mftvquestions at okay. gmail.com. And why is it that we, are, we want questions for next week? Because if we look at what's coming out next week, um, I will specifically mention when it's a book that we will be covering, and you can k- 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 tally those up <clears throat> uh, as I go, one of you two. Uh, Aquaman 51... Yeah. Uh, Batman, uh, uh, Batman seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Black Mask. You're the villain. Issue one. Are you know who's writing that? Yeah, all of us are gonna read it because it's Tom Taylor. Oh, it's, it's Tom okay. Taylor. Yeah, number three. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that. I forgot that fact. Uh, oh, where's his where's his button? Yeah, where's his button? Tom Actually, that was too quiet last time when I did this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna up it and do it again. There you go. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> so, that's three. Uh, Lucifer 11's out, but of course we don't cover that. Nightwing 63's out, but of course we're not reading Rick Grayson. Uh, Pearl 12, I assume that's the last issue of Pearl from Bendis? Uh, Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got Superman Year One issue two, so Matt will definitely... No, we don't. Yeah, Matt's definitely reading that. Um, $8, get out of here. The Romita cover, especially. Uh, we got Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. So that's four books total four books. Uh, between yeah. us. Uh, Teen Titans 33 is out, which we're not reading. And Wonder Woman Come Back to Me, which is the second reprint of the Walmart thing, which none of us tried the first issue of, so we're not reading that either. Uh, which gives so, us a grand total of four books that we'll be discussing next week, which means we definitely want questions. So um, so there's also a new Watchmen trade out, but it's using <laughs> one of the covers from Doomsday Clock. Interesting. So, <laughs> yeah, so it was, remember they had the lenticular? Yeah. Yeah, they they yeah. need an excuse to reprint it every six months, so why not? I guess so. I just think that's weird <laughs> that it's not even a Watchmen cover. You know, they've burned through know, all the Watchmen do... covers a million times. No, but like a new Watchmen cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's not even regular Rorschach. That's the new Rorschach. So, um, also a Flash by Jeff Johns trade book six, which I was like. Thought we were done. I read all of those. Yeah, but well, no, this is his. Yeah, this is Barry. Barry. Yeah. Which now I might have to buy because it collects Flash Rebirth one through six, and not knowing where all my comics are down in my garage, hmm. that would save me time. But it's also thirty dollars, so I might have to explain that to the wife. I mean, who her new go-to has been? You bought a two hundred dollar lightsaber. You can take a break. <laughs> so, That'll work for a while, admittedly. I feel like... Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm going to Jimmy Olsen next week. I love that first issue. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, love it as, I... I didn't love it as much as you two, but I mean... I'm... <laughs> yeah. That variant cover cracks me up. Yeah, that's great. Looking forward to Jimmy and Gotham. Uh, Aquaman was pretty good, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, there's yep. No Justice League, Justice League got pushed, so... There's just Batman to uh, keep his titles over. Which I'm not particularly enthusiastic about. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a happy show next week, folks, so make sure you send in those questions. Uh, yeah, but Connor, it's going to really focus on Gotham Girl. Uh, She's on the cover with, with Flashback hey, Batman. Hey, I am actively excited for two out of my four books, and then I've just learned that one of them is a Tom Taylor book, so that let, let, let's just make that three. Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's Black Mask versus Batwoman. Well, with Tom Taylor writing, 
Also, did we talk about how he did the Rosenthorn uh, New 52? Yeah, I think you brought uh, that up last. I, 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 this is not new information to me, so I assume you told us no. last week on the show. <laughs> I cannot find it anywhere. It's not anywhere digitally. My shop can't order it. Well, we it's don't, almost no, like it, it never it existed. It was the start of this show that we were talking about this, because you were talking about the artist. Uh, well, I, I brought it up, but I can't remember if I brought it up on the show or... No, it, it was on the show as well. We were doing solicits yeah. because we no, were talking about... No, no, he's about... brought no, it brought up before yeah. today. That wasn't oh, the first yeah, time yeah. he brought it up. No, okay. but him writing that character was a... It was like a test run. They almost did like a, a pilot season. Uh, and I so I, I can't find that. Uh, and, and I've watched... So if anybody has any leads on it and it's uh, affordable, I ain't spending like $60 on a comic because it's a one-shot. But uh, I would I would like to have it. I do like Tom Taylor. Um, it's weird that it's not on Comicsology if it was uh, during the New 52 yeah. era because yeah. they put everything on there at that point, didn't yeah. they? Day and date. Pretty much. But oh, seemingly one or two things slipped through the cracks. Yeah, yeah. let me check. Seemingly, seemingly. Anyway. I, I've done this before with things on Apple Music where I just didn't look hard enough and I assumed it wasn't there. Yeah. Um, I'm fighting with a cat off screen. That's just what's distracting me right now. Um, I hope you won. Yes. Um, so that is episode 168 of Comics from the Multiverse. Uh, you can, of course, let us know what you thought of the books in the comments and like and subscribe. Uh, one thing that helps us out a lot is if you go to your, your podcast app, uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever, and give us a nice rating, five stars, and a nice little review. It helps more people find us. Uh, you can, of course, support us financially on Patreon, patreon.com slash TV uh, to support us over there for as little as a dollar per month. And it helps keep the podcast coming every month. And there's a nice handy list of all the other things we do as well. If you're interested in us talking about TV shows or movies or anything like that, uh, go and have a look-see. Um, otherwise, though, that is that is us. And uh, we are done for the week. And this has been uh, this is about a regular length episode, I think. I think so. Ish, yeah. I was trying to say if yeah. it was shorter than usual or not, but I don't think it has I think, been. I think a, a bit shorter than average. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's us. So thank you very much for joining us and uh, keep reading DC Comics and all the rest of it. But remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Does the still long live the Legion or do I got to change it because they're back? I'll wait till November. 